Welcome to the pre-apocalypse. How are you doing, Anne? The world's ending. 700,000 people are suffering from a disease that has, right now, a mortality rate of 4%. If you take the recovery rates and compare them to mortality rate, it's almost a 20% mortality rate is the finality of this disease. Because people aren't recovering as quickly as they should be. So you how don't do you take feel off the about... recovery rate, though? Yeah, no, I know you don't. That's why 4% is the actual mortality rate, but the end of virus. So, like, the actual... The actual results right now, so in terms of people that... You're doing your maths wrong. No, 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 no. Because you still count the ones who have recovered. Well, yeah, no, but the total figures of people that have been infected with the virus is the total number we're given each day. So 700,000. If you take 700,000 and you subtract the 31,992 people that have died, then... No, wait, no. Wait, no, seven hundred. Yeah, it's 4%. Sorry. I'm going mad. It's not quite 5%. It's almost... Um, Anyway, and... So we're in the pre-apocalypse. We're actually at that stage in the zombie movie where people are like, zombies, you know. I've heard about it happening, but I'm not really paying attention, so I'm not going to buy all the canned goods. Um, how do you feel? It feels weird, doesn't it? Like, it You're feels- taking the wrong steps. Like, if we're going to sort this out, we need to go for the head. Destroy the brain. <laughs> Destroy the brain or sever the spinal column. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a weird time, isn't it? I didn't, like, a lot of people were saying that this is much like seasonal flu and things like that, but it's not really, is it? No, because the thing is, is that shitloads of people, especially those who love to go, we survived two world wars, have never actually been through a pandemic. No. And have spent their whole time listening to newspapers going, there's a massive virus going around, it's going to kill everyone, and it never actually happens. So when one actually does start up that's actually dangerous, mm. they fucking don't believe it. Well, SARS was... Boy who cried wolf. SARS was different because we quelled the, the spread of SARS quite quickly. Yeah, it what? infected 60 million people. It did, but we... we only only killed like 18,000. Yeah, we managed to stop SARS yeah, from killing a lot so of people. that should give you an We're not even to a million yet. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with SARS. <laughs> SARS was also... We had treatment for the, for the, different, um, the different symptoms. Mm. Whereas COVID-19 or coronavirus, that sort of attacks everything to do with the respiratory system, yeah. which is quite important in the human body. We need yeah. to breathe, kind of. Um, but also, need it. also, one of the crazy things are that people are saying it's like flu. But the thing is that flu doesn't often lead to bronchial infections. And often people will die of flu, but flu has a vaccine. So if everybody's vaccinated against having the flu or they're vaccinated against the flu, a very, very low figure will get it. But we don't often vaccinate against flu. Because you have a lot of people that say, I'm too young to get flu and die. I'm too young for this. I'm too young for that. And then they lick a toilet seat, get flu and die. <laughs> so coronavirus has, has kind of done this weird thing where it's brought all the idiots of the world. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of videos of people licking toilet seats, getting into like small little groups and hanging out. And then, you know, and all these people, they, there seems to be one underlying trend with them all. And that is they get coronavirus immediately after they do the stupid thing. Mm. It's kind of like a weird vindication for those people that aren't doing the stupid thing. But anyway, no, um, it does feel a bit weird and horror movie-like, doesn't it? It feels a tiny bit... If it whittles out dumb people, that's okay, but well, it's not. It's, it's just people catching it. going to get the boomers. <laughs> Everyone's catching it. Did you it. see that it was called the 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 the, um, the boomer... Boomer whatever. remover. Yeah, boomer remover. <laughs> and then people mm. were getting really up in arms about it. And I just, in my head, I was like, it's kind of a good name. <laughs> it rhymes, it works. Uh, Wuhan virus never really worked. China virus is what Trump calls racist. It. Yeah, it doesn't really work. One of don't the funny- call Spanish flu the American <laughs> flu because it came yeah. from America. Yeah, that was one of the things that made me laugh is someone went, Spanish flu is called Spanish flu because it came from Spain. And then someone turned around and said, it comes from America, mate. And then they were like, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't. It was like, but you just, you can even read Wikipedia. Even Wikipedia's got that part right. 
Uh, but anyway, no, I just, I just, uh, I, I'm a big fan of horror movies. I've seen a lot of them, and this genuinely does have that sort of that 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 underlying dread building up, bubbling below the surface. And you can tell it's important in this, like it's quite a key event in the world today because they've actually shut shit down. Mm. Like when was the last time the government turned around and said, "Hey, for the next three weeks, nobody go out," and it's if be you go closed out, on you Sundays, go. what? Everywhere used to be closed on Sundays. Well, yeah, but for three weeks, <laughs> you don't get three weeks of Sundays in a row, and it's just got this weird underlying like. There has to be... I don't mean to play the paranoid person, but for the government to say the economy and everything else comes second to us stopping the spread of this, especially when it's a Tory government <laughs> who are all about money, don't really care about people. I think it's funny they want us to protect the NHS right now. Yeah, yeah, the Tory government want to protect the NHS. Because it exposes everything they've done to <laughs> yeah, weaken it. Well, yeah, that's the weird thing. Like, um, one of the interesting... so in Now America, they're not taking ventilators from the EU. Yeah, well, they aren't even joining the meetings. But one of the interesting things... so you, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was... Pres- when he was uh, uh, not president, that probably... No, he's really not president. Yeah, he's going to be president soon. I hope so. He'd be awesome. Yeah, um, when make he, an exception for him. When he was governor... Well, they've actually got one because he ran for governor. It should only be American citizens that can run for governor. He'd, he'd no, run he'd as... he to be an um, American citizen to, to run for a governor. Do you not? Nah, no. I thought they made an exception for him because he no. wasn't... Of national birth? No, 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 no. You can anyone can be governor of a state. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, you have to be an American citizen to run for president. Though. I well, he's an American citizen, isn't he? Well, Not he by birth. Born by in America. Uh, yeah, but they made an exception because of how famous he was. Yeah, and how popular and he was. He could be a democratic elect now. He's a vegan. He does believe in the first amendment, in the first, the second amendment. Sorry, but he's a vegan and he does all this. Like he wants the environment to imagine. He could he could tie the lines over. He'd just activate Skynet. I mean, that'd be amazing as well. Yeah. Um, but no, so, uh, so California, when he was around and he was, he was, um, in charge, he was governor of California, he created three mobile hospitals that could each treat 200,000 people for a deadly, a deadly virus or any sort of epidemic or any pandemic as we're seeing now. And it was actually, he, he had them all paid for. They're all sitting there and the California government got into power and they had a $124 billion be- de- uh, deficit because he was an idiot that not Arnold Schwarzenegger, the guy after him was an idiot and just ramped up all the costs. And then they dismantled it for 200 million, destroyed all this stuff. And now obviously California is one of the hotbeds of this virus, which kind of nullifies Donald Trump's stupid thing about it. it goes away when it's hot. No, it fucking doesn't. California have got it. Spain and Italy are some of the worst of countries for him. It doesn't matter what they tell Trump. He's not going to understand He's it. just a moron, isn't he? Yeah. Well, they're all morons. That's kind of the problem. Like, I don't think a country should class as a first world country if they don't have health healthcare that's available for everyone. Like, if you can die of a preventable disease, you shouldn't be classed as a first, first world, first world country. In America, you can die of a first world disease. You can die of like a cold or a flu or like a broken leg because you can't afford to get it treated. If you don't have credit that's good enough for you, you can be put in jail. You can, like, have everything taken off of you to pay off your debts if you hurt yourself. It's the American dream. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, this is Whatever Chris happened to the American dream? It died because... You're looking at it. <laughs> that's kind of the thing. The American Watchmen. dream doesn't exist anymore. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Well, comedian, in, in, yeah. in reality, the American dream hasn't existed for a very long time because the, the function of the American dream has changed. So originally it was, you can start... Anyone can start a business. Anyone can get rich. And There's we no cats things. in America. They've got these anti-monopoly laws that stop anyone from taking over any singular market. So you can't have, like, say, Amazon being the only online retailer, even though they kind of are now. Like, they're the biggest... They well, kind of are most... when they serve the servers to all the other stores. Yeah, like, that's kind of the thing. They are a monopoly. You're going to get to the point. 
Eight the minutes. The world's ending, mate. Yeah, like, good. That's it. We're in the apocalypse. Good. This feels very apocalyptic. Well, not the apocalypse, but this feels like a precursor to something big and scary happening. Yeah. That we're being shown we're not prepared for even the small scary things. I'm prepared. Are you? Yeah, Mad Max apocalypse. I'm all for it. But I sold my shotgun shells and my water for fucking toilet paper because it turns out that's the market revenue. That's where the revenue is nowadays. I'm going to attach some solar panels to an electric car. <laughs> Everyone can fight over guzzling. <laughs> You'll be just driving around. You won't make any noise either. It'll be a stealth vehicle. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And then it'd only be you when I was watching it and his tiny little ponies. around. <laughs> I genuinely love that old man. <laughs> just watching his videos and stuff. Um, anyway, sorry, this is Crit Apocalypse. We usually record, we lo- usually talk about the media and, and video games and TV and everything else. Yeah, but, but you're wasting 10 minutes well, on the Well, there's a fucking virus that's pe- It's basically pushed back the release of everything that we're possibly going to review. Oh, no! So, we're going to be reviewing What Netflix. are we going to do while we're stuck indoors, man? Stop. Netflix and video games that we can find a way to play. I mean, I've got a backlog, so. No I still haven't touched my Yakuza collection. Well, that's true. You could review that, and you've got watch. You've got a sealed copy of Watch Dogs Two there. Yeah, for six ninety nine. Yeah, you got your. Still copy. play that South Park game. Yeah, you got a copy of South Park. Um, how many of the Spyro games did you complete? Uh, only one, but I've got them on PC now, so I can play oh, them on there. Go. There you go. So you're all ready to go for the apocalypse. I have to continue working because <laughs> uh. I made the mistake of getting a job working for a biomed company. Fuck's sake. Um, okay, well, we review stuff and things. We're going to review some stuff and things. We're going to try and be a little bit chirpier about. I, I usually get dug down into the... I'm trying not to make it another two and a half hour long I'm going to try not to make it another two and a half hour. I mean, you've got nothing else it. to do but edit this now, so might as well make it a fucking... Ten, of stuff to do. A Ken Loach film. got plenty of stuff to do. All right. Um, okay. Ken Loach films aren't long. You've never watched a Ken Loach film. No, I'm thinking of um, the other guy. The guy who did the documentary on baseball that was like 20 hours long. Who was it? Ken Loach is the UK... He's the guy who did like uh, Once Upon a Time in... What was it like... Is it what was the um, the weird one he did with Riss Ifans where he played like a dad who got beaten up by someone? I think it also has a Paddy Considine in it. I don't know. No, I've seen way too many films. He did uh, Sweet Sixteen, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was a really good film. Hmm. Yeah, really depressing film, hmm. but also quite cliched nowadays. <laughs> anyway, all right, sorry. So we review stuff and things. We each do four per per bi-weekly session that we record this, and. I'll go first. Uh, my review, my first review this week is Bad Boys Faux Life or Four Life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Smith, and Martin Lawrence are back. Is that the fourth Bad Boys? It film? is the third Bad Boys. <laughs> I know. Bad naming conventions. Does it have the number four in the title? No. 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 Okay. It should be Live Free or Bad Boys. Bad Boys with a Vengeance. <laughs> bad Boys Electric Boogaloo. Well, that would be the second one. That's no. Uh, oh, that was just Bad Boys Two though. You have to catch up. Um, so Martin Lawrence and uh, and uh, Will Smith. Boy harder. I can't remember the name of Martin Lawrence's character. <laughs> Screechy. Screechy and big ears. <laughs> no, because Will Smith is Mike Lowry, hmm. <laughs> and Martin Lawrence is. My Lawrence. My Lawrence is Martin Lawrence. All right, so these guys have aged. What's he different... been up to? <laughs> Eating mostly, I think. Since Blue Street. He's so big. <laughs> That's kind of the problem. Like, so the the idea is this: so Martin Lawrence and, and Will Smith are both getting old. They're getting old in their days. Uh, Will Smith doesn't really want. Will to... Smith's got a young clone. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a strange through line in this film. Um, all right, so Will Smith basically, uh, he doesn't want to stop being a bad boy. He's a cop. He's like, he still wants to go and do the gunfights and everything. And Martin Lawrence is fat and old, so he doesn't want to anymore. I think 
there is only three years apart from these two men and you would not tell it from seeing them on screen next to each other. I don't know what Will Smith is taking, but he's obviously selling his soul to the devil. Scientology. He's not a Scientologist, is he? Yeah, he's a Scientologist. Is that the rumour? Yeah, he's a Scientologist. There's the rumour that he's a he's Scientologist. He's a Scientologist. <laughs> no, because he did After Earth. That's a Scientology They're all Scientologists. That's not, yeah. but he is a Scientologist. He is a Scientology movie. After Earth is like backed by the Scientologist church. No, but he's a Scientologist. Oh, right. So anyway, so Mike Lowry. <laughs> Battlefield Earth is the one that's... Yeah, I know, Battlefield Earth, but also Afterlife. No, After Earth, sorry, was like, there's loads of Scientology money in that film. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just weird beelines in that. Um, so yeah, so uh, so Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, uh, getting old. Will Smith, Not one burp. day. Yeah. Um, Joey Pants is in this again. Yeah. Yeah. Joey Pants plays captain, dies. Spoiling the film for everyone. <laughs> so basically, Joey Pants turns around and says to Will Smith, Will Smith, look, you've got to calm your life down. You've got to start acting like your age or maybe think about a promotion. Maybe you could be captain one day. And Will Smith jokingly says, I don't want to be the guy sitting behind the desk. I want to be the guy cuffing criminals, shooting bad guys you know like saving the day um, and Martin Lawrence just wants to retire wants to go live like he's made enough money his his wife is quite well off and his daughter's grown up now and everybody sort of lives in the same house and it's the idea is that he wants to retire and spend some time just living with his family that's the that's the whole thing and they're both like 50 they're over 50 now yeah so it's kind of it's fitting that the story should be one person you know it, the story works for the characters and their ages and the actors ages as well and I can kind of see why they took a break since the last one, because... Michael Bay was making Transformers movies. Michael Bay has a cameo in this. He plays a priest, Ooh. which is weird for Michael Bay, because I think he's like one of those Ion Rand people, isn't he? Ion Rand? Yeah, he's a bit like um, Zack Snyder. They're both in the same sort of boat. They've got this whole weird... Oh, they're like, both idiots. Yeah, they're yeah. both like, they've got this whole idea of like the supermen. Don't you remember when he made a cameo in a film before? Yeah, in Armageddon. No. He before plays, that. Oh, what? In, what was he in before that? In Mystery Men. He's in Mystery oh, Men. Oh, he's one of the frat boys. Yeah, he's one of yeah, the frat boys, is, yeah. yeah. Great film. Before he was directing movies. Yeah, great film, though. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so Will Smith is shot one day, shot by this, by this guy. Finger. He's shot by this guy and he has to spend some time recovering. And whilst he's recovering, Martin Lawrence does indeed retire. He's, <sighs> and he, he goes and spends all his time sitting with Will Smith, but he does retire for his own, own you know, personal needs. Um, and uh, and and Joey Pants, um, Joey Pants says to him, "Look, it breaks my heart that you're making this decision, but it feels like the right decision." And he's like, "I got to tell I'm the whole story." Time. Listen, shut up. <laughs> so Will Smith comes out, and he is he is basically uh, put into a new team called Ammo. So Will Smith comes out, he heals up, he's ready to go back out in the field. He joins a new team called Ammo, and it's all young people. One of them is Vanessa Hudgens, which was weird. Um, the other one is like this massive dude whose story is that he used to be a bouncer. He punched someone so hard they died, and now he doesn't fight anyone, so he's the hacker. And <laughs> then it's this this dude with like just a sleeve tattoo, and his skill seems to be he just generally DJs and then beats people up. And like Ammo were the the future, like the new like undercover cops who go and find all the bad guys. Basically, they're like the new. Uh, it kind of feels like this was heading towards Bad Boys dying and then Ammo being a franchise, yeah. like a pass the torch sort of thing. So Will Smith, he refuses to retire, even though his injuries, he's not being forced into retirement. So he joins Ammo and he helps them uncover who shot him, why he's, why it seems like people are systematically being removed from his life. So people are being killed off by these groups, people that seem close to him, except for Martin Lawrence, because no one seems to give a fuck about Martin Lawrence in this film. He's so old, so fat. <laughs> 
It's so weird. Don't be so mean. Well, no, because there's a plot. There's like a B plot where Martin Lawrence runs faster than Will Smith. This is actually how Will Smith gets shot. Someone does a drive-by and shoots Will Smith when he's running along, having a foot race with Martin Lawrence, who is double the size and weight of Will Smith, even though Will Smith is taller. And he is making out that there is a chance Martin Lawrence might beat him. Beat him to the fucking grave, but not in a foot race. So anyway, that's when Will Smith gets shot. But yeah, like, the whole thing... um, like, it feels like a passing of the torch, but it's not. Will Smith survives. He goes on to, like, go, like, hey, you want to join Ammo? It's and he's they're doing to... a fourth one. I think they are. Yeah. They're, I think they're meant to be. But what is Martin Lawrence's... It wouldn't be bad boys, would it? Would it just be boys or bad? Which one was Will Smith? Well, he's going to come out of retirement. <laughs> It'll be... Someone shoots his son-in-law, and he comes... Oh, yeah. Spoilers. His daughter gets married. Uh, but, yeah, like... So, anyway, I, I, like, not to... Not to... No one's going to see this fucking movie, are they? Yeah, they have. Have they? Did yeah. it do well? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I can't it was the that. number one film in America for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but it's America. That's not a real place. They're mm. idiots there. That could anyway. be half our audience. <laughs> Four people are someone. listening to this in America. <laughs> it's, it's crap. It's it's not very good. It feels very wishy-washy. Like, despite the fact that Will Smith gets shot, it's all digital, so it doesn't feel real anyway, which it wouldn't because it's a movie. But at the same time, like, he, there are no after effects. There's one scene where a woman goes like, uh, pokes him in the stomach. Like, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm healed up. She's like, no, nah, let me poke you. And he's like, oh, oh, stop poking me. And like, that's it. That's the repercussions from it. Other than that, leads to him to love getting poked in the stomach. That was a whole thing. I know, all right? Previous... Now he can't. He's old tender belly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's real crap. So uh, there is a there is a there is a plot point that Will Smith was undercover for like the first five years that he was on the force in Mexico, and he slept with a woman who was meant to be like she was part of like a big gang, and it turns out that she her nickname in the gang was the witch because she was like she would curse people or like and they would disappear, and it's like it used to be that there was almost like a. a a metaphysical presence to her when she entered the room. Will Smith fucked her and she had a kid and that's the guy that shoots Will Smith. Why are you spoiling the film? Because it's it even more feels like they were planning to have his kid at the end turn around and be like, oh, I'm a good guy. I'm going to help the ammo team and he was going to replace Will Smith. Everything leads to Will Smith being replaced. It's so weird. This is a, be- it's a badly written and poorly directed film. And the shots, there is, a as much as Michael Bay is a dog shit director when he actually like gets given free reign over something, mm. when he shoots something, he shoots it beautifully. He, he shoots didn't it. direct this though. No, he didn't. But they try and emulate that, which is really bad because they don't have like the stupid, the stupid saturated colors and lighting and like the, the panning zooms and roll around. Instead, it's just the same scene that you've seen in other shots, but they sort of, circle it with a camera a little bit and it feels really weird it feels like it feels like someone who is clearly I think it's a younger director as well it feels like someone who is clearly new to the game is trying to make something that emulates the old instead of putting a new spin on it that's their own so they never completely you own... check in who was the director have you no so they never I bet you he's an Oscar winner uh, they never completely own that style they never completely commit to any style because they don't really care about it and it's really odd but yeah, Bad Boys for Life, it like it left a weird taste in my mouth. I didn't enjoy it. Um 
I bet you just like you just don't like Bad Boys films. No, I really like Bad Boys One and Bad Boys Two. Despite it being dog shit, has some merits to it. I think Tia Leone um, in the the two people with one name each. It was Tia Leone in the first one, wasn't it? I can't remember. She was so hot. Yeah, that uh, that uh, led to about ten years of my dating history. So, uh, I mean, that even shapes the people that I see now. So that's weird. Mm Hmm. Thinking about it, I. I think my entire dating life has been based around women that look kind of like Tia Leone. But that's your problem, man. You friggin' deal with that. They directed a film called Gangster. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not good, guys. Not good. I wouldn't recommend it yet as Tia Leone. Oh, she is still incredible. Oh, so you're just going to stand there, sit there, looking at your phone while you're doing an audio podcast? Well, no, I just said, I just said... It's a David Spade. You it's have to not keep great. saying stuff. Sorry, it's a mind. David Spade. And it's your review now. What's your first review this week? I don't know. Talk to me about something you've watched or done. Oh, um, do you know what I forgot to review months ago? No, tell me. Because it is filler week. Um, it is. It is. Filler yeah. week. Always this Sunny in Philadelphia, of- season 14. Oh, you watched it. I finally watched it. Yeah, what'd you think? Um, it's half a good series. <laughs> like, there's definitely different... Something going on late in the second half where... It stops feeling like an always sunny episode. It starts feeling like fan service, like like a fan script. What's the uh, starting episode to the series? Is it the one with uh, Mindy? Mindy. No, Kaling? that's last series. That's series no, that's last series. Okay, yeah. God, that's when Dennis returns. Yeah, yeah. No, this one um, halfway through the series. I think directly after the one where they get stuck at the zoo. I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, the one, the first episode where it starts feeling wrong is the one where they're trapped inside Paddy's because there's someone going to jump off the roof. And it stops feeling like an ep- like the Always Sunny crew have written it, like people who know the characters inside out. And it starts yeah. feeling like people who are writing what they think the characters are. It feels like they wrote the parts for Frank, but not their own. It's all very different. From what I'm looking over the script, they didn't write all the episodes in the latter half. Like oh, some of them, some of them had Charlie Day, but other people were involved in stuff like that. Yeah, roughly the same sort of crew as always, but something feels off in the second half. Where I feel like maybe they maybe they didn't have as many drafts of the script. What was the and final they just episode for the season? This was it was the one with Mac, wasn't it? Um, waiting for Thingy, the um, where they're waiting for the kid in the laser. Quest. Oh yeah, no, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember which season this is. Yeah, yeah. another bottle episode because yeah, they do. They love their bottle episodes on Always Sunny. Even the last series, the last series was the one with the bikes, wasn't it? Where they got the little bikes. Well, the last series was the one where Dennis returned, and there's like yeah. half the cast aren't in half the episodes, and it's like quite clearly been shooting around their schedules because they had all tried to break still off and do their own really, things. Still, a really strong season though. Yeah, it's a good series. It ends yeah. really well. That's because that's the one with Dennis and Mac in the prison dance. Yeah, yeah. It's the one where it gets really experimental, but it's also the one with, um, yeah, it's the one where um, Charlie and Mac get the bikes. Mm, yeah. And they get bullied by ding, the kids ding, ding, and kids get the, the bikes. Ring, and the they kick the living shit out of those kids. Yeah. Yeah, season 14 is the one that feels weird. Like um, The first half's really good. Like the freaking the episode where they're around the zoo and they're texting each other. Yeah, the zoo one's really good. Freaking um, funny. Frank with his bananas. Yeah. And he's like, dumb, I'm going to hang up on the gorilla. Um, where Frank almost dies at the restaurant and all that. And yep, yep, that's yeah, he really just strong. wants a bowl of blue. Yeah, so it's, it's, and he breaks into the the waiter's house and feeds the mum blue. Yeah. Blue food has the most nutrients. Everybody yeah, knows yeah, that. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I mean, jeez. Um, but no, it's it's, a, it's still a really good series. Oh, the like, basketball scene on that episode. I've just remembered Dennis playing basketball. It's <laughs> like, do you not throw so hard? Yeah. It's like I'm feeling a bit exhausted. I want to go home. Oh yeah, because Frank's been feeding him meat. <laughs> Yeah, he's been feeding him pro- like he calls him his special shakes, but it's actually isn't it pizza, peanut butter, and histamines? Yes, <laughs> but um, 
No, there's a really solid series. Like the thing is, is even when it's at its weakest, it's still better than most shows manage to yeah. be. Especially shows that've been going for like fifteen, sixteen years now. Like they started in like what two thousand. Mm. The first two seasons are four free ratio and shot on digital video. Yeah, on DV no, tapes. No, like some of those episodes are fucking incredible. Yeah, and it's like it's all HD now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think FX knows it's still running. Like the show. I no, think they the, just keep it's, making it is big for FX. Yeah, I think it's their biggest series. It's on because... FS, FFX though, isn't it? Yeah. It's the that's the channel that stuff's dumped on. No, that's no, no. Like, I think the thing is that it's a bit like South Park or um, Family Guy. So you know, like Family Guy, it doesn't do great in the watch, like the the. No, the, that's all DVD sales and it's merch all syndication, Guy, DVD sales and streaming. Which yeah, is Family the Guy story, is Power Rangers for adults. It's yeah. the it's the show that doesn't really. It's, it's not about the TV show. It's, it's about the merch they sell. It's mostly one to four sets yeah. at most, and that's it. And then it's just all. I need a box set of the whole series. It's like I don't think they do a complete set. No, they don't. I don't think they even released the last few on DVD or Blu-ray. Well, actually, yeah, no, they did the thirteenth one. They did. They're definitely on Blu-ray. It's yeah. just the. Um, Actually, there's no like collected sets. There's like I think you can get series one to five in a collection, and that's the like. And then maybe there's another set out there somewhere, but it's like they're not around too often. But it's I'm, it's it's still good stuff. Max still ripped. You yeah. Know. Well, he's sort of ripped now. He's less yeah. ripped. Oh, the fucking episode where they tried to get the um, they get the Airbnb thing going on. And they get the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've got the incredibly attractive women. Yeah. And then Frank and Frank and Charlie have have the. Well, Frank weird... and Charlie get the weird Europeans. Yeah, and then the hot it. women turn and up the and they swap them out women. and then they're like. And then Mac and Dennis have the dude and the woman turn up. And yeah, <laughs> and they're trying to make a weird love triangle thing. Yeah. Go. <laughs> it's quite clear their their kid has died recently, yeah. and they're just like. Just um, oh. yeah, it's it's weird. It is a weird series. Like, I think my problem is that 13, so 12, 11, they had, I think both of us had the same review for them. You had like 60% of a really good series mm. and then the rest of it was kind of series weird. Series 13 was just a bit all over the place because there's whole episodes where you, you have Dennis back, but he's only back for like five episodes. Yeah, yeah. And then he's not there for like just masses of it. <laughs> we had Charlie Day missing as well for part of it because you had yeah. the football one where you had the one episode that was just Charlie Day. And at the beginning, the intro was everybody together, and then you had the whole. They did that in this series as well. You had that one episode where Charlie's stuck in the um, in the in the Paddy's pub. Oh, and, uh, that might it's be the this... noirish episode where. Oh it's yeah, a, yeah, 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 which is quite a good one. That I like. I didn't like that episode as much. Oh, I like that one, but I think that I have a weird issue with like flashback episodes when it comes to Always Sunny. There's something about it's not a flashback. That's Charlie no, no, recounting know, a story like... in his own deranged, yeah. messed up way, and he <laughs> thinks he's doing some high class murder mystery noir thing, and the frigging details in that were pretty. Like as a, as someone who's watched a fair few black and white noir films, there's some yeah. there's some little tiny details in. There. I might have to go back and watch rewatch the series. I've watched the I've watched the episode with the meerkats more times than I than I think I need. Yeah, to. Yeah. Um, I think probably one. probably my favorite thing is the um, I want to see the lions being fed. It's like oh yeah, they're gonna get fed in two minutes and disappears for fifteen minutes. <laughs> comes back and goes. Everyone knows two minutes means fifteen minutes. It's like <laughs> no no no, it was two minutes. It's like god damn it. And then the goats and and D's D's weird. Oh god! Fear of goats. Yeah, really. I remember strange. when we were little, we were at painting zoo, and some goats ate my dad's wallet. <laughs> like they, they, my dad had his wallet poking out his trousers, and one of them just, you know, out the back pocket. Yeah, they, went, they just stole it, chewed his wallet up. Good. I remember I had- another time when a monkey threw shit on my mate's mum. <laughs> I remember when I had Pingu staying in my room, and uh, and I had his treats. The, the- the penguin. No, the squirrel. When, oh. when I had the squirrel, when I had my pet squirrel. When you stole a squirrel. I didn't steal a squirrel. We found him as a baby. I raised him and then we released him. Um, when I had my pet squirrel very briefly, I remember that I had his treats on a thing and I was giving them one by one to him and he just sat next to the bag and I had my protein bar 
and I gave him a treat and he was eating it. And as he was eating the treat, I went and picked up the protein bar and went to unwrap it. And he ran over, sat on my shoulder, and then started putting his hands down on the flap so that I couldn't eat it, so I couldn't put anywhere near my mouth. He still had a peanut in his mouth. And I was just really, I was, <laughs> he was just looking at me and growling at me. So I had this protein bun in my face and these tiny little paws. And I was like, what's happening here? It's his, it's not yours. Like, <laughs> it was like a weird dominance thing. And it's just reminding me of Charlie backing up to, backing up to Mac and pissing on his leg mm. whilst making him make eye contact. Like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Dennis does it to him as well. <laughs> he does. It's like, Dennis, why are you pissing on me? <laughs> uh, yeah. I really, well, see, the thing is, like, Always Sunny, I think that I found out about Always Sunny because it was an Empire magazine, like 2004, and I used to read that every, mm. every month. And uh, and by that point, it had the first two seasons and half of the third season. And from there, I was downloading it every week and watching it. And it's weird to think for the last, like, 16, 15, 14 years, I've been watching this program. I think it's been going since 2001, 2002, yeah. hasn't it? like, I've been watching it. It's one of those it's, old shows like Supernatural that's just gone on way yeah, longer see, than you uh, Supernatural is the same thing. Like, I remember I was Supernatural living... started not long after the X-Files finished. Like, <laughs> I remember and Buffy. Like, I was... Well, it's weird that you said because I think it was season four that I was living over in Walton Court and we're working. If for anyone who doesn't know, it's like our council area. Well, it's the other side of the town. It's another council area. Uh, but Walton's all council areas yeah, apart from the yuppie nest. But we were renting, like, this Victorian house like five bedrooms and the landlord insists on renting each one as a separate property. So we all had to pay like 450, 500 pounds. To, it was all inclusive. You paying so 500 pounds, were you? Yeah. A month, yeah? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you've got like multiple rooms in this place. And uh, and basically it was this massive house and we all had like the room and then we paid for the amenities. We had like four bathrooms and stuff. It was ridiculous. But there was a girl who used to come over and visit one of the people that I lived with and I was really into her so I was watching Supernatural just trying just because I was interested in her. God, I was such a weak person now. <laughs> I shouldn't watch Supernatural. I wanted to go see 4-2 that person because I was interested in them. I really fucked up though, because I was high and also just a fucking mess mentally. I think, mm. um, but yeah, no, I, it always something. It's it, one of those weird ones. I started watching really early on, and I just con- I continued watching it. And I did drop off. I think I dropped off for one season. I can't remember which one it was, but I dropped off for one season. Then I caught straight back up when the new season started, just because I think it was more like a lapse in my own. Like I was watching something else, or I, I think it was around the time that Community was around. And I think I just lapsed during that time, and I was watching Community instead of watching this. Community's only got two good seasons. Uh, I yeah. like I like some of community. Like there's a lot of stuff in there that I enjoy. I think there's a lot of existential stuff they do really well. Like the episode where Jeff's turning forty and he can't admit to himself and there's a G.I. Joe commercial like style episode. Mm. That's in the last season. And he sort of has to confront the fact that he's holding on to all this childish shit and he needs to grow up. Ugh. Yeah, you should try that. Yeah. Five hundred pounds a month rent, you say? Yeah, I was getting ripped off. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Well, I already put it no, out. Is I've that my review of Always Sunny finished, is it? I've paid more rent in other places. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more. Is that my review of Always Sunny finished? It yeah? is, yeah. Yeah? Well, no, no, no. Keep talking. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> I've lost my mind. It's your, your review now. Yay! Fuck. All right, uh, I'm going to review... <laughs> I'm going to review Bloodshot, <laughs> starring Vin Diesel. Why? <laughs> That's a good question. There's not much point in it. This film came out in 1998, right? <laughs> Do you know anything about Bloodshot? Yeah, I remember the comics and okay, stuff. Okay, tell me what you know about Bloodshot. Um, he's a guy who dies and fucking... He's like an agent and they mess with his memory and shit. Yeah. And he can't die. He just basically regenerates. Yeah. There's probably some way, but it's, doesn't his chest have a big... Red spot and he's yeah. grey. 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, Bloodshot in the comics, he is... I know, like those, said, I know those comics. I remember Exo Man of War. Yeah, and the Iron Man crossover video game. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, so yeah, so... Um, it's an alright game. No, you're absolutely right. Bloodshot is a... He's dead, basically, and they bring him back to life using nanites that constantly regenerate his body. Um, and he has, in the comics, he has the big red spot. Because that's actually where... Um, so basically, the nanites take in energy, so they, they, they take in like, sunlight and things like that. And they constantly co- like congregate in that area, so there's always blood leaking out of the skin just a little bit. Mm, hot. So that's why he's got a red spot there. His skin's grey because he's basically dead. He's just been kept alive by nanites, so his skin's grey. And, and he's got the big dark spots patches under his eyes, and he's got white eyes. You know, So the, he looks the, edgy. Yeah. Um, that's bloodshot from the comics in the It's 90s. because back in the 90s, when you were trying to make a low-budget comic book, you would try to use as few colours as possible. So if you can make your character out of the three cheapest colours, which are white, black, and red, then you've got a good character design. And now you're thinking, how many comic book characters from the 90s can I think of whose primary colour design is white, black, and red? And it's like, most of them. No, I'm just remembering <laughs> that Rogue Trooper was a thing, and it's probably really hard to sketch Rogue Trooper and not just use the same design. Well, Rogue Trooper's a British comic. Change it a little bit, yeah. That's what I mean, it's stolen. It's <laughs> just tracing, tracing Rogue, Rogue Trooper. Rogue Trooper has a mohawk. And a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> a helmet that talks to him, yeah. and his backpack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Bloodshot is, that's, that's the story of Bloodshot. So Vin Diesel plays Bloodshot. Captain Bloodshot, Mr. Bloodshot, Mr. Shot. Mr. Shot Blood. to his friend. Shotty G to his buddies. <laughs> it's real dog shit. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, and they give you the whole plot in the trailer. Are you being fair to it and reviewing it in the ranking of a 1998 comic yeah. book movie? So versus Blade. Yeah, you yeah. compare it to Spawn and Blade. That's the Spawn, gold standard. X-Men, right? X-Men's, X-Men's 2000. 2000. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, okay, sorry. The Shadow. The Shadow's <laughs> the 1994. you got to go the Shadow, back. The Shadow, The Phantom. They're too early. We're Men talking. We're talking late nineties edgy. Yeah, Men in Black. No, a late nineties edgy comic book movies. Yeah, Men in Black. Men in Black's not edgy. Vum, 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 vum. Uh, that's such a good Spawn, song. Spawn and Blade are the pinnacle right. of nineties. Oh, and Steel. Movies. Steel. Yeah. Yeah. What's Steel that? O'Neil. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make that free throw with a grenade. Um, talk more about that later. Um, yeah. So uh, Bloodshot. Yeah. So he is. He is dead. He is constantly revived by nanites. They send him on missions, they wipe his memory, and he comes back, and then they, you know, they just do the whole thing again. In the film, it's exactly that plot. Um, he is, um, he's a soldier who goes back home to his, his partner. Um, he then, um, he, then she basically, he, he is knocked out, kidnapped, whatever, wakes up, and it's like, who told you to go to that location you went to where you shot those guys? And he's like, I don't know, I got given orders. And it's like, tell me the truth. I don't know, I got given orders. And Toby Kimmel then shoots his girlfriend and goes, I believe you. <laughs> Kills her. And then shoots Vin Diesel. And then Vin Diesel goes, Ah, oh, I'm back. Oh, God, I remember the guy. And you, you, you've you got internet powers, Vin Diesel, because the nanites, and you can regenerate because the nanites. And he's like, okay, cool. And then this, this other guy comes along. And he's like, I hate you because of the nanites. It's like, fuck off, legs. And basically, he's brought back to life by Guy Pierce, who runs a project where people are augmented Why is with... Guy Pierce? I don't know. The people are augmented with, with prosthesis. Like mm-hmm. these super high-class prosthesis... Um, to, to help them get by after debilitating injuries in, like, say, uh, military occupations and, and things like that. Um, and then these people use, like, mercenaries around the world by Guy Pierce, and they sort of, they help him not only design his tech and improve his tech, but also they do, like, sort of uh, wet work for him 
and go and take people out across the country and he sort of gets paid for it by by different industries different the problem is that the people that he's using at work yeah they can't the, just have a carrying umbrella or something no the people he's using are still human they still have a mind of their own so there is still the opportunity for them to leave one of the people in particular does want to leave but he basically controls them by being able to turn on and off the prosthesis and one of them sadly her her powers linked to her lungs her, her prosthesis is like an implant that helps her breathe. It also stops her from being affected by any sort of poisons or toxins in the air. Uh, but he can turn that off and then she can't breathe. Just like the guy who has legs, turns legs off, he can't walk around. And there's a guy who is blind and he has like a camera relay on his body. So he's got like small cameras all over this vest he wears. And then it's like, so basically he has like an implant into his brain, into the oral, the oral, the oral, the visual sensors. So that he can, so that he can see, and he can see everything. But oh. also, it gives him the power to hack into cameras. Is he a fly? No, it gives him the power to hack into cameras and shit. And it's just, it's it's comic book shit. Oh, clearly, it's comic book shit. The problem is, that it's so bland and boring. Like the original concept is kind of interesting. Toby Kimmel being a villain in this leads to Toby be like Kebble. Toby Kebble. Sorry, Kebble. Jimmy um, Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Toby Kebble is because he's a presence. Like when you see him on screen, he's really, really good. Like I don't know if you have you seen Dead Man's Shoes. He only ever does thirty percent of a film. Yeah, I know. Have you he seen Dead Man's? Have time. you seen Dead Man's Shoes? No, no. I mean, like in King Kong, he played one of my favorite soldiers in King Kong. In yeah, he gets Skull killed. Island. He does get killed, but he has. Like, I watched that the other day. Yeah, it's really good, and it has like he watched has it again. <laughs> in in Skull Island, he has like a story. He has like an arc. He's a character. He gets eaten, but he has like a presence. And in this, he's only in it for like five minutes, but he has a presence. Like he comes in listening to David Bowie on like this radio in a freeze where he's got the kidnapped. Song? Um, what song is it? Ah, there you go. This see. film's so bland, it's made me forget the Psycho Killer. Get That's not fucking David Bowie. That's no. Talking Heads. You fucking idiot. What's the song? Psycho Killer. I'm not going to fucking Wikipedia bloodshot and soundtrack. But yeah, so Toby Kebble, he comes in and he has this presence, and then it turns out that he's not really a villain. He's someone who helped design the bloodshot shit. And then, um, and then they ask him to go and kill Wiggins, who's played by the the black dude from uh, from um, New Girl. Did you ever watch New Girl? No, no. I don't watch every single thing that appears in the uh, TV, man. Like, but yeah, he was really good in New Girl, and he's in this. He has a British cool. accent, which he's not actually bad at doing. It's just that Maybe he plays he's British. A, no, he's not. Um, he plays a really over-the-top character who's like basically this, this. I bet he's British. This this hacker who um, who who designed the 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 software they're using for the bloodshot system. Oh. And it's revealed that, and then Guy Pearce is like, "All right, we've got to kill him so that we can stop him from hacking into our stuff." And they're like, "Okay, we'll send Bloodshot." And they send Vin Diesel, and he uses an EMP to shut Vin Diesel down, but then brings him back and tells him what's happening. And then from there, it's basically Bloodshot versus Guy Pearce and the Augmented People. And there are some good little action scenes and action beats, but it's just so boring. Well, I mean... It just, it feels boring and feels uninteresting. There's a scene where they're fighting on an elevator that, like, goes up this massive, like, 300-story building. And they're fighting on this elevator and, like, they're falling and they're careening. But it just doesn't feel like anyone's moving. It's really odd. That's because they're all in the green screen. Well, yeah, but also at the same time, like, there's no um, life to the to the to the shoot, like to the actual thing that's happening as well. Like, eventually, the lift breaks and it's just hanging out, and the guy who's like blind is hanging off the edge of it, and the dude who has the legs is wearing like this weird Doc, doc Ock suit with two arms, 
Mm. And he's like... Not extra legs. No. Um. <laughs> he has like this weird Doc Ock suit. And he's like, he's like, hang on there, buddy, to the blind guy. And then he slams down on the lift and the guy falls down. And he goes, oh, I told him to hang on. And I was like, but you were friends with him. Like, you hate Bloodshot. But why do you hate Bloodshot so much you're willing to kill a friend that you've worked with countless times? Like, they are close. Badass. That's what it is. I bet in the comics they're all, like, massive. Oh, yeah, they're probably like... They're, they're, fucking and, leg guy's going to have fucking massive He's legs. got tank treads <laughs> yeah. instead of having legs. He's like six foot wide. <laughs> um, and it's just like... Eye guy really will look boring. like a fly. He'll have a helmet with fly's yeah. eyes. It's re- Well, that'd make more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because that's where the, that, like, your brain would be able to interpret if it could see from the same points that it could see before. Yeah, you but if you're plugging cameras into a vest... And your bo- your body, like your mind, is getting like six hundred visual feeds in at once. Your mind wouldn't be able to actually process that. It's weird. Like the whole film feels weird. You're right. It feels like a mid nineties film, but at the same time, like why make it now with a fifty year old man playing Bloodshot? Like they obviously because Vin Diesel wants to make a Bloodshot movie. Did they expect a sequel? And has this been planned for ten years? And we're just missing like points here. Now they mentioned a Bloodshot movie being made years ago. Yeah. That's been like... And has it always been Vin Diesel? Yeah, it was probably yeah, Bruce Willis one of those, at one point, wasn't it? It's one of those things where Vin Diesel's had the... Basically, he's wanted to make a bloodshot film for years. It just feels weird. It feels really odd. Well, and, I mean, you know, you will watch these movies. Yeah, I know. I know. I, it, it's not good. The, the best thing I could say about it is that it's not completely painful to watch. It's just like... It's the... It's the equivalent of visual gruel. Gruel. It won't. It doesn't really provide you with any taste or substance, but oh, he has hair in the comics. Yeah, sometimes he has like a weird crew cut. Yeah, because he's soldier. Soldier, yeah, or some um, shit. Yeah, it's it is the visual equivalent of gruel because it has no taste or substance, but it fills you up. You can watch it. You just you probably want to eat something or watch something more substantive if you actually want to enjoy it. Well, there's a whole bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah, Bloodshot's been like several guys. There was he's a, like a ninja guy. Yeah, yeah, Samurai. Samurai Bloodshot as well at one point. Oh, back in time. Oh, but it was like linked to mysticism. Oh, bollocks. Uh, this comments. is definitely a David Spade. Like. What? I thought you hated David Spade. I don't hate David Spade. David Spade's above an Adam Sandler. David Spade was good. It's David Spade, and then it goes down to Rob Schneider, and then it goes down to Adam Sandler. He's like. David Spade is fine. Sometimes. He's a dog. What? There's a dog one. He's got a red eye. Oh, there's a dog shot. Yeah, dog shot, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... Don't forget I, to I, pick up the dog shot. I wouldn't recommend people watch this. Unless you have to watch every superhero movie. Like, unless it's a compulsion and you're mentally ill and you can never stop watching everything that's released because for some reason your mind compels you to, like some sort of weird FOMO mm. for the entirety of existence. Can't think of anyone like I, that. I don't mm. recommend watching it. I mean... You could be the kind of insane lunatic who sleeps only six hours a night so that they can keep watching crap. That's your own fault. What kind of... Well, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about some sort of psychopath that could exist in a realm unknown. Oh, I don't know, man. Oh, okay. So the weird gypsy band that I was thinking when we were talking about the the number one song from Happy Town, Gogol Badello. No one knows what Dave, that is. Dave does. It's a gypsy ska band. Never mind. Your review, Anne. <laughs> Bloodshot. <laughs> Just bad. That's going to be more positive this episode. God's sake. They're not a ska band either. What, Gogol Badello? No. Do you know who they are? They're like folky, freaking, neat, like Benjamin's up. Yeah, that's yeah. not ska. 
Yeah, well, it sounds a bit like We Are Number One is a Scar song. Like it's closer to like something that friggin' the specials or friggin' Mighty Mighty Boss Tones would do. I don't know. You got do you musically review? illiterate. That's what you are. Ah, Suspiria, the remake. <laughs> Fucking fantastic film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, what year did this come out? Was it uh, late two thousand eighteen or early two thousand nineteen? Two thousand eighteen. Oh, was it? Late two thousand eighteen. Best film of two thousand twenty. Um, no, it's not. I, I, the original Suspiria is a fucking fantastic film. Oh yeah, the, the original Argento Suspiria is, is like weird, strangely subtle, bizarre. Like it's subtle in a way as subtle as Dario Argento can get. The, some of the shot um, composition in the original but, Suspiria is like it set the tone for a lot of cinema and horror now. Well, it's this typical giallo stuff, but Dario Argento was the top of the giallo tree. Yeah, it was um, almost giallo, like watching, giallo. It's giallo. like watching. I don't pronunciation is meant to be. It's like watching Evil Dead. Evil Dead in the way that that created. Oh, that's, in, that's influenced by Italian cinema. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing because Sam Raimi I mean. was Ray was loved that stuff. But Argento, but like the way that his shot composition worked, was this one, always. This one is directed by I can never remember his fucking Luca Guada Guadagino Guadino. I can't pronounce the name. It's it's a foreign name, and I'm British, so I don't know. I'd do foreign in it. Yeah, but um, yeah, this film's fantastic. It takes the same like initial premise of a girl goes to a dance school. Dance school might have witches. And someone's disappeared. But it, like, sets it against the Berlin Wall in the 80s, like, or late 70s, early 80s. I think it's late 70s. Um, and it doesn't give you any sort of, like, maybe they're witches, which Suspiria <laughs> has. Suspiria has this whole thing where it's like, are they witches? Are they not? Is she a bit mad? It's constantly Jonathan, playing with that. Insects, Is it a dream? And stuff. and stuff. This one's just, like, 20 minutes into the film. It's just like, yeah, they're witches. Yeah. They're fucking, they're doing witch shit. And like, they commune with their bodies. They like they're sitting there chatting away and their minds talking to each other and stuff and all this sort of thing. Um, the film goes in a completely different direction to the original one, and it's like a fantastic direction. And it looks, it's like it's like drained loads of the color out of the thing. So whenever it does use splashes of red and stuff, it looks friggin' insane. It's such um, a horny movie as it's well. Great, but you're a horny movie. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a bit like. Um, did you ever watch? Um, what was that? Climax, the film about the dance people. No. They're a dance troupe. No. And they're all working together in like this this dance hall and they're having a party because they've just got a job doing this um, stage play and someone spikes the punch with like super high-grade acid slash bath salt style stuff. Nice. And everyone's drinking, so, in, including this little kid. And this, this mother is there with her little kid and she's like, she's like, Oh my god, she's freaking out. She's losing her mind. The kid's crying, and he's just a nightmare. And she's like, "I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna put you in the cupboard. I've got the key. I'm gonna put you in the cupboard. You'll be safe in the cupboard." She puts her in the cupboard, and uh, and they're all dancing. There's loads of people that are dancing out of their mind. There's like people sexually assaulting and murdering each other. Everybody's just fucking going nuts. And the woman, she's like, the kid's still crying, and she he's crying in the cupboard. She comes back to him. She's like, "I'll get you out there. I'll get you out." And he's like, "Oh, and um, and you just like suddenly all the lights go off and the music stops. And the crying stops. And then she just blubbering and like searching through her dress for the key looks up and the camera pans up. You know, like Gialli pans towards lights often. So I have like an exit sign and things like that in like a door. So I have like someone running and then it'll pan up to show the exit as they open the door and leave. Pans up and you just see electrical cupboard. (laughs) (laughs) The kids obviously touched something and killed himself. Nice. I'm sorry. I don't know why that's so funny all of a sudden. Why, why is he being miserable about this fun, happy film, Suspiria? <laughs> Suspiria the remake reminds me a lot of Climax. It's better than that. It is. Definitely. It is. 
reason for that scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> need to understand what Suspiria is about. I'm sorry. It's just... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you find it hilarious when kids die. I don't want so funny. You freaking... <laughs> I did doubt the part where you're talking about how much you found Don Blaine hilarious there. Right. <laughs> so anyway, Suspiria, beautiful freaking film. Friggin' it's got what's her face? Dakota Johnson. She's in that um She's in Fifty, 50 Shades of Grey, yeah, unfortunately. That film. But it's got Mia Goff, it's got Chloe Grace Moritz, and it's got Tilda Swinton playing like three characters in it. Good for her. I mean Tilda Swinton can do anything, can't have too much Tilda. That's what I say. But um, yeah, the film's like it's 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 weird. It's like a slow burn and stuff, but it doesn't hide when nasty shit's happening. It doesn't gradually like the end is friggin' ridiculous. Mm. But it like even though on the way to that, there's been some absolutely horrific stuff happening. That ending still feels even more horrific than you could possibly have expected the film yeah, to go is, near. It is as long as I remember it being two and a half hours. I re- yeah, it's a long film. It earns it. Freaking. One of the weird things about it is it feels alive. Oh, it's so quick. I remember pausing it at one point just to go get a, a drink, and it was like 45 minutes through the film. And I was like, what? I thought it had just started. Mm. Um, but yeah, it feels alive. Everything moves. It's beautiful. Film, has like film. a life to it. And that's that's kind of one of the things that's missing from a lot of horror is like you don't often lament someone dying in a horror film because you don't mm. really feel like they're alive. But all the characters in this... The way they interact and pass each other and like all the shots, people are moving and, and it's kinetic and that's mm. kind of nice. Okay. Even the shots where like people are in a hallway, you can see people moving backwards and forwards through shots and things like that. It's great. It's fantastic. Mm. I think they should make um, a sequel. Uh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> a superior to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. And it's set in the 80s. Again. I mean, technically, there's like Suspirio Inferno and uh, the mother... Madra or whatever it was they're three films in the same saga but they're not connected as sequels as such technically I mean Suspiria is the second film the original Suspiria is the second film in the trilogy the witch mm. trilogy Inferno was the first one Inferno is the one with bugs yeah but yeah. Um, that's Phenomena Phenomena has all the bugs Phenomena has the that's bugs, not sorry. part of the trilogy no no it's not no but no, um, one of them has one of them is it Phenomena where she's psychic yeah, that's the one with Jennifer yeah, yeah. Connelly. Yeah, sorry, you are right. And Inferno, don't Inferno, test me on my Inferno Dario Argento. Inferno is a psychic girl as well, but it's... She it's always psychic girls. It's Italian yeah, horror yeah. films. Dario Argento loves, loves psychic girls. It costs no budget either to have psychic people, because yeah. they just go like, do yeah. the stuff. <laughs> yeah, but the the last film, no one likes the last one. I've never seen that one. Which one? Um, the friggin' Mother Something. I can't remember it's called, but it's the third one in the series. Because um, mm. that's about Mother Suspiriorum. There's Mother Tannenbaum, Mother of Suspiria, Mother Madra, I think it's called. Tenenbaum. 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 Yeah, there's the three mothers. The, the yeah, because that's the other name for Inferno, But it's all like it? worked into into Suspiria. They like yeah. work in all that witch stuff that's like Dario Argento expanded universe, as mm. it were, because he has this whole running story going on with some of his films. Um, but no, that's friggin' like the, the, the friggin' all the hallways and all the everywhere has like geometric shapes and stuff inside the inside the dance school hmm. um, and the camera's always like setting them up in symmetrical ways and like all these nice yeah, interesting views the is that the one where it's a completely black stage and it has um, Dakota Johnson in no like they've a- just got a dance room it's just a big plain dance room and there's a mirror there's a mirror along one side and the curtain that they can pull all the way around hmm. it um and there's a room with that's all just entirely mirrors all around either side yeah. of it. Sorry, yeah. Um, which is their secret hidden room. And there's like <clears throat> all this sort of stuff. But when you go outside, it's all like stark and grey. And it's like the the Eastern Bloc and the, you know, the freaking German 
Wall. Like they they get to the point where it, this sort of set up not long before the Berlin Walls, like the like the tension about the Berlin Walls building up in this because eventually it gets torn down. Um, they should have said it right at the moment David Hasselhoff performed on the Berlin Wall. I think that would have been a great finale, as if um, David Hasselhoff performing on the Berlin Wall was part of the <laughs> witch's um, ritual, and that was all tied together. Like maybe their basement could be underneath it, and you could cut back and forth between the finale and David Hasselhoff singing his art out on the Berlin Wall as it gets torn down. That would have been amazing. I would have done that. I would have, then I would have just had more David Hasselhoff. Yeah, just had him come in and be like, "Hey, you witches, who wants to fuck Night Rider?" Mm. And by Night Rider, I mean the car. Yeah, it's got a stick shift. <laughs> um, no, this film's fantastic. Mm. Um, glad I got it. I was looking around for it in there, and I couldn't find it anywhere in friggin' HMV. I had to ask one of the guys to go and find it. It wasn't in horror. It wasn't in world cinema. I don't know where he got it from, but it wasn't where it should be. It's still a shame that they haven't got the um, they haven't got this in 4K because it's in 4K on Amazon. Mm. Well, you've uh, got Prime now, haven't you? you can watch it. Amazon Prime's only playing stuff in 1080p for me. Oh, yeah, but you're doing it on your PC. Unless That's outrageous. Well, we're not going to use anything else. <clears throat> well, you have to use Microsoft's own browser and you have to make sure that your um, your CPU's on their list of accepted CPUs. That's fucking bullshit. Encoding through CPU. That's no. why I went for the one I went for because it had 4K encoding. It's freaking pointless. Just play it from a browser. Everything else can play in 4K. Well, YouTube can. Netflix doesn't. Yeah, well, it's stupid. Netflix doesn't. Well, it's because it doesn't work with um, HDCP. So it doesn't monitor the... So you know how people copy stuff. I just want to watch the films. Yeah, well, you'd have to use one of the browsers that covers well, HD. No, HD I, ain't, I ain't using Edge. We might have to. No, not a chance. Well, it's not Edge you anymore, is it? It's like Invurium or whatever they've well, changed it to. They've changed it. It's just Chrome, but it's with Microsoft's own branding and technology. So it's faster than Chrome, it's less heavy than Chrome, and it runs 4K. I ain't using Microsoft browsers. Well, then you're not going to watch 4K, are you? I am. No, you're not. I'm going to force it. No. Nah. Trick it. No. Nah. Anyway. Don't work. Eat dicks. I like Suspiria. I'm going to watch that again. It's really weird because it's the film that you wouldn't expect to work as a remake. It's such a yeah. film of its time. It isn't probably it? shouldn't have been done. <laughs> yeah. But um, I love it. So the music's all weird. Freaking, what was it? Tom York did the soundtrack to it. it yeah. Um, I want to listen to that. Might put it up on Spotify. That might be good. I'll listen to it as I fall asleep. It'll be fine. I almost bought you a soundtrack the other day. What was it for? Oh, that was it. Um, randomly, Amazon had copies of the Blood Dragon vinyl, and it had the orchestra, the orchestral stuff, and it had the actual soundtrack with friends and stuff like that on it. In like Going a yeah, in like a weird, in a weird set. And it was like twenty quid, but it sold out in like two seconds. So I tried to get a copy um, because that looked fucking incredible. It looked like an eighties video game front cover. It had the painted one, mm. and then the vinyls themselves. I think they were pressed. They were purple, like no. clear. Clearish purple, um, but yes, the spirit. I fucking loved it when I saw it. One of the only things that I kept asking myself was, it, it, it's one of those weird things where Tilda Swinton plays multiple characters, and there's one that she isn't listed as. Do you know which one I'm talking about? That's the mother. But you're not spoiling things. No, no, I'm not going to. But it just it, it was one of those. Tilda Swinton, just admit your I don't people. Think it says the name of who the mother is. No, it doesn't. No, but yeah, Tilda Swinton, just accept that you're playing multiple people. Is this so she can get multiple paychecks? <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> but she's the only one available for the whole time. Yeah. Shoot she's really fucking good. Tilda Swinton is, is a great actress. Yeah. Um, she yeah. keeps doing weird shit. Snowpiercer. Yeah. So good in Snowpiercer. And also Okja. 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 Mm. Um, yeah. All right. All right. Um, I guess my review. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. All right. Um, I played, yeah. played two video games. You're only reviewing one. 
played two video games this month. One. I played three video games this month. There's one that you couldn't have played, so I have to talk about one of the other ones. And you want me to talk about Animal Crossing. I'm doing Animal Crossing. Fuck Isabella's you. Isabella's favourite game, Doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Isabella from Animal Crossing admitted to admit online her favourite game was Doom, didn't she? Yeah, well, she likes murdering people. She loves murdering people. So I played Doom Eternal on the... On this the... is going to be your third review. What's your, your last review is going to be something bigger than Doom Eternal. Yeah. You know what it is? It's the thing that you caught me playing the other day and I looked like a fucking dickhead in my room. Oh, yeah, you always look like a dickhead. <laughs> fucking <yeah>. idiot. <laughs> what else am I going to yeah. review? <laughs> I'm not going to ignore a game that's been in the works for, what, 14 years? 13 years? Yeah. This the, this episode should be called Us Dealing With Time and Getting Older because we've just been talking about long periods of time. We'll <laughs> we're talking about a film remade 30 years later and a fucking series has been going on for 20 years. <laughs> we're like old men shouting the clouds today. Um, Doom Eternal is the much-anticipated twenty uh, sequel to the 2016 Doom. Um, to talk about Doom Eternal, I'm going to talk about Doom 64 very briefly before, because that's kind of important. Doom 64, it's the Doom that time forgot. It's the Doom that hasn't been released on another format ever. It's only been released on the, the N64, and then it never ported to anything else. Um, and uh, and it, it's it's exclusive in that in that sort of club every other doom game has been released on multiple formats even doom 3 i think had a mobile port on ipads and stuff at some point um but doom 1 2 and 3 have all been released on multiple formats but doom 64 just fell by the wayside uh, it's finally been re-released again in anticipation of doom eternal and was a pre-order bonus for buying doom eternal um and that's nice because it does tie in a lot to the themes of doom eternal as in it is the doom game that is heaviest on lore if I'm right, understanding that. Uh, what from Star Trek? No. Oh. So in terms of Doom, it's the one that, that leans most heavily into the like sort of the hell and heaven law. Whereas the other games, it was uh, obviously the icon of sin and all that other stuff was in there, and you had demons, you were transported to hell. This one was the one that sort of started you off in I think um, Earth after all the hellish shit had happened, and taking the fight to hell, and then eventually ending up locked in hell, which sort of leads to the events of Doom 2016, so it shows that there's a continuation throughout these games, except for Doom 3, which is still the bastard redheaded stepchild of the whole thing, and just sits in its own little world and bubble, and it's apparently like a, a, a it's like an Elseworlds story that's considered like another universe in the what Doom is? world. Doom 3. Doom 3? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't fit in the canon of any other, like all the other Doom games sort of fit in a loose canon. No one likes Doom 3. I like Doom 3. Don't Shut stop up. Going back. No one cares about it. It's not Doom Cannon. So Doom 64 is the only one that hasn't been re-released and that sort of fits. Yeah. It fits into the time. Stop it. Doom 64 has been re-released. On what? Switch, PS4. Yeah, PS4. I know. Now? Yeah. But up until now, it hasn't previously been re-released on a console. It was on N64 and that was it. Yeah, that's okay. It's irrelevant to Doom Eternal. <laughs> No, it's not, because it, a lot of the elements of Doom 64 are, are brought back into Doom Eternal. Ah. So there's, there's, like, weapons and lore and all of it's relevant to Doom Eternal. Yeah. Yeah. So Doom Eternal, you are the Doom Slayer. The world has Doom gone to guy. shit. There is no idea how you got it, but you now have a spaceship and you're travelling across the, uh, the, the universe trying to stop the gates of hell opening up on Earth or at least pushing back the forces of hell so that humanity can survive. That is the story of Doom Eternal. Mm. Unlike Doom 2016, which was about the Doomslayer waking up and taking back the Mars base from the forces of hell and trying to trying to defeat the demons that were trying to take over the world, this one, the fight has very much been won on Mars, or at least it's been won as far as you could at the time. You're now travelling around trying to stop the full-on invasion of Earth. 
Yeah. And other places. And other places. Doom 2016 wasn't heavy on lore. There was some of it there. Most of the story was told through FMVs where you were basically interacting with Samuel Hayden and also his lackey. I can't remember her name. She wasn't his lackey. She was his second in command. She was the one who opened up the Doom Yeah, but she was his second in command. Yeah, but she was the bad guy. Yeah. Well, she. so was he. Samuel Hayden is also the bad guy. Although Samuel Hayden brought back the coffin with the Doomslayer in it and was the one who freed you from your slumber, he was still a bad guy. He still wanted to steal the Argent energy to... But he's not the one who caused all the problem. Well, he was opening gates of hell to get the energy. She simply was... And he knew that she was being influenced by it. Like, that's kind of the thing. They just let her get away with this stuff. Anyway, Doom Eternal... So Doomsday is traveling around the world, trying to find out the forces of evil. Bloody, bloody, blah. The whole idea is that he needs to confront his past and also to learn from it so that he can adapt, evolve, and change the path of the makers, which are like the uh, the angels of this world. So you've got makers and you've got the Argent demons and the Argent universe and the race. There were people called Argents, right? There was a race. Is a place? No. Yeah, nor do I. Argentinians. <laughs> Argentina. Um, well, Doom's part of a race of warriors. They're like no, so friggin- so the Doomslayer himself is human. You hear that through. So there are audio recordings throughout this one. So there are mm. a lot more cutscenes. There are also a lot of audio recordings you can collect. And one of the audio recordings when you when you get to the UCA is it the UCA United Aerospace oh, USA I don't know. Um, basically, when you get to the headquarters of the people that were making the Argent Energy Collectors and all the other shit that was happening in 2016's Doom. You actually find audio recordings and one of them says he is human, but there is something else here. Mm. You find out how that was introduced and so on and so forth. I'm not going to spoil the game because you haven't completed it yet. I've almost completed it. I'm at the very last boss. It's almost time to be done with it. I'm probably going to replay a lot of levels because there is a lot of cheat codes I found, a lot of the squishy statue thingies and those bits and pieces that are still there. Outstanding. And it's a game that warrants additional playthroughs. The first playthrough is a little bit rough. Um, unlike Doom 2016, where it's sort of, you were put into an area and you could sort of jump and leap to your heart's desire and like, there would be places where you could fall and die and there'd be places where you'd hit lava and you'd have to jump back up and get out. It all felt like, it all felt like the whole of the area, you could go wherever you wanted. The only, the only limitations were if something went up and up and up, you couldn't jump to reach up to that point and then that was it. In this one, it's a bit different because there are a lot of open areas and there are a lot of invisible walls, which feels a bit weird. I don't find the invisible walls. How have you not found invisible walls? They're literally everywhere. Uh, there's things you can't jump over. Yeah, that are like knee height. Yeah, but Doom Guy doesn't jump very high. <laughs> he jumps really fucking high. Mm. He has a double jump and a double dash in this game. He's essentially Mario on crack. Um, there are a lot of invisible walls and there's also, on the first playthrough, I'm hoping it doesn't have on the second playthrough, there's a lot of stop starting with those tutorials. You didn't have so much of a problem with that. I the first that, game has tons of that. Like, yeah, I know, but like this, before you even meet an enemy, you're shown a tutorial, so it kind of reduces down the impact of meeting that you enemy. You switch them off. Can you? Yeah, there's an option to turn off tutorials. Really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it sort of stops dying. So if you're if you're not touching any of the, if you're just jumping straight into the game, before you even see the villain for the first time you're going to be fighting, mm-hmm. you get a tutorial that kind of spoils it and shows you, there's no like cool little intro to them like coming in and being like, Bleh! like... I know you hate Doom 3, but the imps crawling through the air vents are coming out and jumping down. That's a great moment in that game. And even in the 2016 one, you had the imp that would... You'd have, like, the little room where you fight with the imps and then you had the one before that. Doom was interesting. grey and boring. Great. Anyway, so Doom Eternal, that's my biggest gripe with it. That, the Invisible Walls, and, and, you know, it does stop the action to show you an enemy before you've actually fought it. And the same with guns, it will stop when you're about to grab a gun instead of actually showing, like, when you pick it up, like, 
you know, having that moment. Um, but other than that, it's a really good game. Again, it's, it's the nerdy, nerdy cousin. So like, it is the football player that plays Pokemon. It's like this big, strong, aggressive looking thing, but it's also completely not a nerd because it loves its fucking lore. It really loves it in this one. And that's fine because you need to have, you need to advance on what Doom 2016 was and where Doom 2016 was quite light on plot and you only really got it here and there. This, there's a lot of plot. There's a lot mm. of story. There's a lot of stuff to find. And like I said, there's those audio recordings that reveal stuff about the Doom Slayer himself. And there was in the last one. But there's more of it here. It's a I lot more. come across any. When, Comparing Doom 2016 to Doom Eternal, Doom 2016, there is a snack, which is the story, in twenty in Doom Eternal. It's a free course Stop meal. Stop throwing up on yourself. There's only a little bit. There's a free course meal of lore in this one. Like, mm. there's a lot to digest. And it's, it's fine. It's, it's funny. Fine. Put more lore in there. It's funny. Yeah, it is funny. It's the more funny you put in there, the more ridiculous it gets. It's, yeah, it's fun and silly. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like it. I really like it. I think there are a lot more flaws to this one than 2016. I think 2016 was... It was the game they didn't expect to be anything, so they just sort of went, look, fuck it. This is what we want. This is what we want. And it was like a concept they've been working on a long time, and it was focused. It was so very focused. This one's more like what they abandoned. Yeah. Because the Doom 2016 was meant to be an invasion of Earth originally, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was meant to be a really big, silly thing. And, like, there were a load of videos... No, no, it was going to be a continuation. It was going to be more like Call of Duty-type stuff. Yeah. The original plan was to be a military shooter on It was still going to be really demons. silly. Like, they had all the demons and they had the quick kills really early on and all that other mm. stuff. They just advanced... The, well, they changed the plot and made it more like a reboot. But it's not really a reboot. It's just... It was meant to be all dour and miserable. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, when I was talking about alternative universes, that's very much what this feels like. It feels like the Argent universe is one place where this energy comes from. And there are, like, the original Doom games 1 and 2 took place on Earth with the same Doomslayer. Uh, he Mars. killed... Pardon? One and two's on Mars. One's on Mars, two's on Earth. No, they're both on Mars. You both yeah. go through an interventional portal. You go on Mars and you go through the Mars colony and the second one you go through a portal into the um, Hell's Demon realm. I thought two you were on Earth for part of it. No. On Doom 2060... Yeah, on Doom 64 you're on Earth for a bit of it, right? Uh, don't think so. Huh. don't think any of them went to Earth. I'm pretty sure Doom 2's on Earth. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's that. That's besides the point anyway. Um, Doom 1 and 2. So you do your whole game Doom 1 and 2, and then in the end, Doom 64, you go and you get trapped in hell. At the end, you get trapped in hell because you choose to continue fighting the demons in hell rather than actually actually uh, go back to Earth or go back to Mars or any of those things because your bunny's dead, so you've got no point in going back. In Doom 2016, they take your coffin out of hell and they take it to Earth. But I don't think... Well, they take it to Mars. I don't think that that's the universe he originally started in. Because obviously Mars was destroyed in his universe. Phobos and all those other things. You've got to finish Doom 64 on the Switch. Is that when... There's an extra chapter in the story. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay, okay. I wonder if that... Also, the game Doom Eternal takes a whole bunch of stuff from the comics. Yeah? Yeah. But not the books? No, just the the 90s comics. Did you ever read the books? No. When I was a kid, I did. I don't read fan fiction. <laughs> it's basically what it was. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's super nerdy. It's it's so much more silly than Doom 2016. Mm. And Doom 2016 was very silly, but in this, like, there's gulping noises when the caca demons swallow a grenade. <laughs> you know, there's... Yeah, I like that. <laughs> there's, there's, like, there's, <laughs> there's just some really weird shit in there. <laughs> um, there... I can't remember where it was, but there's like loads of weird comedy sound effects hidden below the audio, mm. like where stuff happens. I found all sorts of stuff. I found like, dope fish. 
Yeah, I found that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, there's like a weird one on a pedestal that I found. No, I found one that's hanging off a fishing line. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. it was off the edge of a cliff. That's got to be really in the frozen on. level, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it so far. I liked it when I had a boss battle and it was a really nasty boss. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's a pain in the ass to kill this one. Managed to beat him and it took a few stages and then you just drop down a hole and you fight two of them at once. And I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Which one is that? That's like four levels into the game. No, but which demon is it? It's the first big old floating cyber demon thing. Yeah, the yeah, it's got the shield and you got to fight two yeah. of them after that, yeah. Yeah, you defeat one and then it's like, here's two, two more. Down. I don't know, I think they're the same. No, they're slightly I think the weaker. level's just less, because the, the, when you fight him the first time, it's quite open, so he's got a clear shot of you all the yeah. time. But when you fight him the second time, it's a lot more like... You keep getting those... A lot of cover. That's one of the, that is one of the only things that I would say, is the arenas aren't as well built in this one as they were in 2016. No, they're built like Unreal Tournament levels. Yeah, they feel like... Because you've got, in 2016, you'd have areas that were relatively round. You wouldn't really have, like, straight, long corridors and things like that much. You'd have, like, a couple, but mostly it'd be, like, round areas with multi-levels. And you'd be able to get breathing space by skipping levels or just running around for a bit. In this, the long ones, the enemy has so much of an advantage because they've got unlimited scope of the, the field, whereas you obviously don't. So it's, like, it's really odd. But, yeah, it's it's like a minor judgment. It's clearly... Less time has been put into this one than was in 2016. 2016, I think, was in development for four years. Yeah, it's been four years since 2016. Yeah, but this is a whole new engine. <laughs> 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 I'm really curious to see how it plays on the Switch. Because <laughs> it's it's buttery smooth on the Xbox One X. Yeah. I've been, been on PC? I've forgiven, Apart from the HDR issue. I haven't put it on Ultra, I've put it on High, but I've got 60 frames per second at 4K. What difficulty like, are you playing on? It's not normal, I oh, can't okay. be honest. I don't need resistance in this, I just want to rip and tear. I play ultraviolence because I like the challenge. Yeah, but the whole point of the game is to rip and tear. Yeah, I know, but... You don't like, want stuff getting in the way of that. I want to get angry. you got to be angry like Doomslayer. No, you got to be laughing. No, you got to be When angry. you rip their arm off and clobber them around the head with it, or when you punch one on the head so hard his head disappears into his yeah, yeah, torso. Like, like, you laugh. I when do you unlock Isabel? As <laughs> a playable character. I reckon there's I should a be an assist. Have you Have you unlocked many of the music tracks? Uh, only two of them so far. I found two vinyls. Okay. So. I wish they were a little bit louder when you played them in the in the thing. Like you had yeah. like a proper stereo system because when they play, they're really quiet in that place. Yeah. Um, I like the thing. It's like a giant cathedral. Yeah, it's kind and of cool, isn't it? Reminds me a bit of the design in it. Reminds me of some sort of weird midpoint between Doom, Quake, and Hexen. You're gonna hate this, but it reminds me a little bit of the crypt from that Mortal Kombat game. Because <laughs> it's it's like an unlock area, isn't it? Because you've got costumes and shit, you can unlock. Yeah, it but it's not like, endless. It's not endless. No, that's that's true. But yeah. I've actually looked around it and gone, oh yeah, that's manageable. Yeah, it's not like the freaking Mortal Kombat Eleven one yeah, where it's, it's like, like you've just unlocked a door. Here's a massive, great big thing. You need twenty thousand these fucking souls. <laughs> you found a hammer to open up these other doors. Yeah, I, I traded it in. I got into literally got to a room and it said you need twenty thousand souls to do this thing, and I'm like, you get like four souls per fight, and I was like, you know what? Train it in. Fuck it. I, Train it in while it's still worth like 30 quid and I'm going to get That's one of those better. games I'm so glad that I got in touch with Warner Brothers and got a copy. Because <laughs> if I paid for that, I'd be so fucked off. It's it a went, good Mortal Kombat game. It's, it's a, a terrible good, frigging unlockable yeah. like experience. It's not just that like on the Switch you have to be online to play single player. Oh god, and It's the a Switch, fucking nightmare. Yeah. yeah. The graphics look great on the Switch. For a Switch game, playing it on the go, 60 frames per second is fucking great, but you can't play on the go. Because you can't play single player. Because it unlocks yes. online sh- online shit. Games, um, but anyway, Warner yeah, Brothers. Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal is it's How not Warner Brothers and get away with like they are easily the worst publisher out there, and somehow they get away with shit. What do you mean? No one gives a shit about what Warner Brothers do, but they're constantly Lego doing games. the most. They don't publish Lego games. Yeah. Let's take two interactive. 
isn't it? No, it's Warner Brothers. Whatever, but they, they get... own the Justice League shit. So yeah, they've got they the just, Justice League ones. Yeah, but the Warner Brothers just kind of get left. No one, no one ever pays attention to how scummy their games can be. The microtransactions. I think you remember when Batman Arkham Origins came out and said, "Oh, we're not fixing it. We're going to concentrate on making DLC for it." Because the game had like a shit ton of crashes and bugs in it. Wasn't that Arkham Knight? Arkham Origins. Arkham Origins, like years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, It had, yeah, like, yeah. crashes, and it had ways of I can remember Arkham Knight, they did the same thing, didn't they? They said they weren't mm. going to patch it, and then it came to Epic Store, and it turned out that they had released a patched version on Epic Store, but not No, no, the PC, PC version got fixed, like, within six months or so. Did it? Yeah, PC version's really smooth now. Yeah. The Epic Store version, people think it's faster, but it's not. People have done tests. It, it just it. doesn't exactly have the same. DRM linked into the EXE, I think. I don't know. It's no different. People yeah. thought, said it was better, different, but I think what it was is that they just hadn't played the patch version on Steam. Yeah, I think they released the patch on Steam the same time the Epic version it was, was released. It was gradual on Steam. Was it? No, no, the, St- the Steam version was fixed ages ago. Mm. Like, literally, like I was getting fairly smooth gameplay out of my old 750 Ti that I had on yeah. it. And my 1080 has no troubles with it. 1070 has no troubles with it. How fucking mad is it that Doom... Getting back to the review, the Doom. Oh, you want to get back to yeah, the review? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm just remembering, talking about graphics cards, how fucking insane is it that the minimum spec, you can run this on an R9 270X? Mm, it's that's a, like a that's, that's a seven-year-old card. Yeah. And it's two gig DDR5. So I reckon the Switch version will probably be locked at 30, but it'll be smooth as hell. They say it runs at 60. Well, they said console versions do, but I'm wondering if they're actually talking about the Switch version or not. Yeah. I reckon it could. Like, the original Doom... It has to be cut this- down a lot. Like I can imagine them pulling back the a lot of the details off in the distance. And I think if you removed if you remove stuff like if you remove the damage that they mm. get, like so you know mm. you get like yeah. damage hit damage. If you remove that, that wouldn't be noticeable. It looks like remember those Jurassic Park toys with the battle damage parts you could kick off. It looks like House like, of the Dead, and you have no remember the T Rex Jurassic Park toy and you could flick its fire, yeah. a little bit of flesh would come off, it'd be the bones yeah. underneath. It just to me, it looks like what I imagine video games would be like now. Because uh, back playing Evil Dead in the in the arcade, where you shoot zombies and they get the big bullet holes and stuff all yeah. over them and the head missing, it just looks like that to me. Like it's it's where I thought video games would be at by now anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good game. It's it's I'd still say that I prefer Doom twenty sixteen. I don't think that's a controversial. My compare is like being like how Arkham Asylum is different to Arkham City. Like yeah. if Doom two thousand sixteen is Arkham Asylum. Because Doom Eternal is okay. basically the same thing, but bigger. Yeah. And I think that that's... It was the same the same thing with Arkham City versus Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum... I prefer Asylum to City, but yeah. City's a great game. Because I think Doom 2016 and Arkham Asylum, they're such a surprise they work. Mm. Like, not technically, but as a game, as a concept. Like, And it was clearly developers going, we want to make this amazing thing. And we want to make it for us as much as we want to make it for fans. But let's focus on what we want in this game, playing as this character. Mm. And then do Arkham City. I think the problem with Arkham City was the difference between that and Eternal is that Eternal you could just replay levels. Arkham City, you sort of got lost. Like, I don't know anyone who completed all the Riddler things. Oh, I got very close to it. I got bored. I did them all night, though. <laughs> I, I'd actually managed to did all of them on... Arkham Knight, though, is... It's got less Riddler trophies. It's got less of everything, it. isn't it? Arkham Knight's really good. It's really good, but I think that it was... It's a much smaller game than City. No, the map's massive. The map's bigger, but it's a smaller game in terms of how much you have to do and how uh, much you have to see. Probably about the same. Really? I think Origins a decent game if it wasn't so buggy. See, I, I'm thinking about going back and playing Origins because I've got a PC that can run it super, super well now. I think it might be finally the time to go back yeah. and play it. But, I don't know. See, see. Um, but yeah, uh, Doom Eternal. I, 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 I'm going to give it... Nah. I'm going to give it... Oh, since he's passed... You've got Max Von Sydow. Hmm? 
Max von Sydow. He passed, didn't he? Died. Seventh Seal, one of my all-time favourite films. You've never watched it. Yeah, I have. You've only seen Bill and Ted's Boat Express <laughs> Journey. I was going to say, it gave you my favourite scene from Bill and Ted's Boat Journey. No, I have seen it. It's utterly depressing, but I really like it. Mm. I saw it after I saw uh, Last Action Hero, because I did I was only, I was only what, 12, 13 when I saw Last Action Hero? Maybe older. Maybe 9 or 10. And uh, and they obviously they have um, Ian McKellen plays Deaf, doesn't he? Yeah. From, the, from Seven Seal. So I, I watched Seven Seal with my dad. And I saw The Ninth Gate shortly after that, which is a weird film what, to see. The, Johnny Depp Yeah, film? there were words. He fucks the devil at the end. I saw sort of Robocop, The Fly, Return of the Living Dead. I saw a lot of fucked up movies when I was like seven or eight. Yeah. But Seven Seal, yeah, it was one of my favourites. I think probably my favourite thing about it is just how utterly depressing it is. <laughs> It's a hilarious film. <laughs> like people, people only like I, I. I've met people like in film school and stuff like well, film school, film class that, that thought that the Seven Seal was just a chess game. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, it's like five minutes. Of it. Yeah, there's barely any of it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but he wins, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> what are you doing? Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the Seven yeah, Seal. The, the main part is where they play Twister. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they played the American football game. The yeah. little fingers on the vibrate You sank my battleship. <laughs> you may be a king or a little street seeper, but sooner or later you'll dance with a reaper. Get down with your I'm really self. looking forward to the to the new one. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. Anyway, yeah, your review, Ant. Fuck you. Um, right, I've had some time this week. <laughs> time. Why did you have time, Ant? Uh, what's, what's because people to? can't fucking stay indoors when they're told to, and now everyone's going to die of a disease. So I watched. I everyone's going to die. Finished watching. I'm not. Kishiryu Sentai. You saw Ja? No idea. Um, it's the previous Super Sentai series. New series started like two weeks ago. The new three weeks ago. The new brand new series. This is the one that's just ended. So I'm up to date. Oh wow! I've watched a very new. Super Sentai series. Can I just, before we enter the bulk of the review, so Beast something is the new one, Beast right? Morphers Beast, is Power Beast... Rangers. Oh, okay. okay. The sorry. new Super Sentai is uh, Mashin Sentai Kiramija. Uh, but the new Power Rangers is... Beast Morphers. But okay. the next series is going to be based on this one, Rear Soldier. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Rear Soldier, um, some people like got a bit fed up when they announced this one because it was dinosaurs again. And it's like the fourth dinosaur theme series of Super Sentai. But at the same time, I'm like, there's 40-something series of the show. You can have four dinosaur-themed ones. It's not so bad. No one complains when Arrow is Green Arrow-based every series, do they? <laughs> but um, they all moaned. And then they, I think that sort of put people in a bit of a foul mood with the series to begin with. Mm. Like they were like, oh, I'm not interested. They're like medieval knight theme going on with dinosaur robots. And dinosaur robots are cool. Everyone likes that. It does seem a bit of a mashup of older Super Sentai shows as well. Like they've taken a little influence from all the previous dinosaur series. Yeah. Because you've got like the robot dinosaurs and stuff. You've got stuff like, and they're sort of deity esque. You've got the people coming from a distant land, which is kind of similar to Zoo Ranger. There's a load of dancing music when they morph. There's like a samba music and dun 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 like that. Yeah. Um, which comes from um, Kira Yuja, which was the previous dinosaur series. So there's influence there. I think this is more like they've done this series as a set as like a. They know dinosaurs sell really well, so they've taken a bit of reference from the previous dinosaur theme shows, just as a way of going, let's have fun with dinosaurs and shit. Um, the series itself, like story-wise, like the, especially the first half of the series, is all over the place. Like It keeps messing up potential story that it could be telling. It mm-hmm. keeps flummoxing. There's times where like a story's going one way, and then just like a villain jumps out and goes, ha I'm attacking you now. And it's like, why? I got you. There's son no of a bitch. benefit to the story. 
Um, but they, like the stuff like that happened. There's one episode where um, the monster that exists that's around is bringing people back from the dead. Yeah. He's killing fish in rivers and stuff like that and swapping the fish's souls for the souls of someone who's died. So all these dead people are coming back to life. Like... It's one of those ancient Jap. It's one of those things based on Japanese mythology, where it's like your soul exists and moves from one place to another, and all this sort of thing. Um, it sounds like the plot to that Reanimator movie with, from yeah. two thousand and eight. They, they brought people back from the dead in this episode, and one okay. of the characters, Ue, he's got a weird name. It's just Ui. Her name's Ue Tetsui. Which okay. is a fun name to say. It is. Um, she's a YouTuber. She keeps saying she's going off on travels, doing travel vlogs around the world, and really, she just wandered into the woods in like Japan. So she's she a liar. Yeah, she can't afford. No one watches the channel. Just like her videos all are, women. Her videos are terrible, Men's apparently. Right. But um, her mum comes back, and okay. there's this whole thing where it's like she's learning how to cook with her mum because she, she hasn't seen her mum since she was a child, little little kid. And that's like a, this nice story, but it's a two-part episode, and there's a part where they're like, oh, if we defeat this monster, Ui's mum's going to disappear because that's you know how the logic works in Super Sentai. You beat the monster, whatever thing's going on stops. Okay. Um, but they never talk to her about it. They never... They just kill her. They just go off and they fight the monster and they spend more time worrying about the one of their previous masters because all the masters, the masters of the tribe get killed in the first episode. Yeah. Um, gets fucking blasted by a fireball and As you incinerates. Do. Yeah. Um, they spend more time with her and what's going on with her and all this sort of stuff. And then you get to this bit at the end of the episode where Uwe's mother disappears and it's like kind of just... It's touching moment. She's like making food with her, and then she turns around, and Mum's gone. Yeah, and it's like sad moment and everything. But like that should have been a build for the whole episode for the two parter. That should have been like a running thing. Instead, it's like three scenes across two episodes. Oh, and that's... it should have been the core of the episode, the heart. And normally, of it. that's something they take advantage of in Super Sentai. Yeah, they love the emotional drama and stuff. But yeah. they they shift all that onto the master that they've brought back. The the, you know, the, the that seems like, like a tangible connection. Yeah, like that. You do one or the other, not both. Yeah, basically. Um, so it, it flummoxes things like that quite often, but it's like really enjoyable series. The finale, the whole build up to the last like last set of episodes is fantastic, and it all sort of starts working together and working out. And it's like all the stuff that's going to end up being in the Power Rangers adaptation is the best stuff in the show. Like the mech fights are the best they've done for years. Like the mechs actually move. Yeah. Like they run around and there's like in the first episodes run along the side of a mountain slashing at the dinosaurs and they're doing stuff like leaping through between buildings and stuff and like they're not just like a look like a giant boxes stacked up boxes like they've been for the last few years. Even the final ultimate form they get which is like, you know there's always a big flashy super powerful mecha. Even that one can move which is mm. like the last few ones there's the main fire finale mecha has just been this immobile mess of a thing that barely moves and just fires lasers. But they've actually got really good monster fights and stuff. And all the action sequences, like, they're using drone shots in action sequences in really cool ways, like having it looping between the actor's legs, like, as they're fighting. So it'll go, so they're fighting face on, and the drone's looping around both actors and shooting underneath their legs, and you're getting this this 360 degree shot. Oh, okay. Around. It's really, like, I don't know how you'd choreograph that to make sure it never crashes into the actor's legs, yeah. but it's it's going between their legs and it's shooting around. It's like, um, there's all sorts of cool stuff like that. There's some inconsistency with writing, like the main character, the Red Ranger in the first episode comes across as quite serious, apart from one joke in the episode where he's told to erase Uwe's mind because she shouldn't be supposed to know about the village they come from. And yeah. she goes, how are you going to erase my mind? He pulls up a sledgehammer, <laughs> um, which I thought was fucking funny. Um, That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, but then from then on, he's like 
other than odd moments here and there, he's just like the bright, cheery, goofy, goofball character. Yeah. Like the second episode feels like a completely different person. Um, humor in the show is spot on. The comedy is like, it's it's not just like gags and dumb jokes and stuff. It's like every every joke has a proper setup and build. Okay. And it's like probably the, one of the best comedy stuff I've seen in one of these shows because sometimes they are quite comedic, but a lot of the times they're gag based. Whereas yeah, this actual low, jokes, mm. like actual structured humor. Yeah. Um, and some of it, like they do still do the silly stuff. There's like. They There's, never had an equivalent of Bulk and Skull or anything like that, did they? They have comedic relief in sometimes, but not, not it's often. Especially the monster, Usually isn't like it? one episode or something. Yeah, or it's the monster itself. Yeah, sometimes. They've got like, in this, Ue and her father are like the comedic relief, and her father keeps saying Nanu, which is, um, Nani, Nani is what in Japanese, and they use Nanu as like, was that? Like, he says weird stuff, Nanu, Nanu he gets was, lost. Nanu Nanu was more comedy. Mm. He keeps doing stuff like, um, He's like, ah, oh, let me tell you a story or something this now, and then everyone wanders off hell. and leaves him there. And he goes, oh, sorry, yeah, we've got to go. He keeps trying to make him drink soy milk to, to give him energy. Yeah, good chat. Um, there's some real good structured stuff as well. Like, at the start of one episode, he just, like, here's his, her dad being zany, gives him this um, energy drink, and it's so spicy, it'll knock you out, and one of them drinks it and knocks out onto the floor. Mm. For the bulk of the episode, the main villain, who one, the villain in this series called, well, not the villain for the series, but the main villain in this episode called Weisel, and yeah. he sees himself as an entertainer, and he's captured the rear soldiers, and he's going to make them play out a play. Yeah. Two of them are going to play Romeo and Juliet, and obviously at the end, they drink poison and die, and that's his plan. But one of them still has the spicy knockout, the spicy drink. Yeah. So there's like this whole thing. I was like, you can see what's coming. He swaps the poison vial for this knockout vial. Yeah. They have to follow the script because the script's controlling them, but they manage to switch it and... Uh. Um, Wise always fucking amazing. <laughs> um, the series doesn't have like a main villain through the whole thing. Okay. There's like what could be called a main villain only turns up in the last few episodes. Yeah. Um, but the main running Fred as far as the villains go is you know the, there's always a monster who makes other monsters yeah, yeah in the original series you had Finster in Power Rangers yeah yeah um, this one is a creature called Creon he's like a slimy mushroom looking guy he's like got a mushroom shaped head he's made of slime he can blow up and just rebuild himself but he puts slime in people's mouth and it's kind of gross yeah. like slime comes off his finger goes into their mouth <laughs> and makes the monsters from their inner fears and all this sort of stuff but okay. you can also do that to um, objects because you know that the Japanese believe objects have souls in them that's like a a thing in their mythology and all that yeah um, in their culture it's like oh this object's sad or something because it's been discarded they have an energy to them like yeah. Nora yeah so you can make things out of objects but yeah. um, him and Weisel are just fantastic Creon keeps getting bossed around by all the monsters who are like the general monsters the ones who are given the orders apart from Weisel Weisel just wants to have fun and entertain people and has a good old laugh and they have this whole arc through the series where it just ends up being Creon getting upset because he's getting bossed around and treated badly and really just wants to hang out with Weisel and have some fun and they end up sort of sort of becoming good in the end but they're still little dicks yeah. um, but freaking the bit where he well, he's looking for Weisel and he's running around going Mr. Weisel where are you and then like he's in a car park and he's standing next to a pillar, and suddenly the pillar drops, and Weisel was holding like a big grey sheet up in front of himself. And he goes, Here I am! Ba-da-da-da. It's just like <laughs> out of nowhere, and I'm just like, That's fucking brilliant. Like, it's just because he wants to make an entrance. Yeah. Because he's an entertainer and a master. I, um, I, I get that. I get that from the setup. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant stuff. Um, Are there any other, like, so that's, is that he the key villain then? So he's the one who creates nah. the monster? No, he's just a, one of the... Creon makes the monsters. Yeah. Um, but they're... 
like towards the end of the series, a monster turns up. A villain they're called Druidons. Druidons. They've yeah. got a chess theme going on with them. Okay. Um, one turns up called Precious, and she's like generally pretty evil. Yeah. And she steals people's hearts. Like play, uses cards, puts their heart in a card, and then crushes the heart. The card to keep people under her control. She's the one who instigates the main villain. Like the finale villain, the one they have to beat to finish the day. Mm. And it turns apocalyptic, and I can't see them doing that in Power Rangers, because it's like, like literally in, like most of a city gets destroyed. Quite a clever way to change your shooting schedule, though, because you're filming in a city and you need to go do all the explosions somewhere. You can't do it in the middle of a city. Yeah. So they have the alien wants to blow a whole bunch of the city to pieces. And then when the flames clear away, they're in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, okay. Clever. <laughs> Even yeah. though I wouldn't expect there to be grass growing. Uh, Immediately after, after a bomb, yeah. yeah. But um, the villain, like, there isn't like a major villain fight. The villain's giant, yeah. and they beat the giant form, and they do this. They stick a sword in it. It's like a magic sword thing, and it shrinks it down to their size. Mm. Opposite direction to all other monster fights, isn't it? You, usually, the big villain at the end. Yeah. Um, but there's no like major fight against it because it all happens inside the villain. Okay. There's like some weird existential stuff. It basically turns apocalyptic and existential in the last two episodes, and it's kind of. Crazy and interesting and weird, and I can't see Power Rangers doing that. I think no. Pa- I think Power Rangers will just film a new fight. They'll ask for the suit for the monster, and they'll film a new fight and yeah. call it a day. I've, um, um, one of the weird things about Power Rangers is I've, I I used to love when I was a kid. Never got into it as an adult. Recently, though, I found out about that Battle for the Grid comic that goes alongside the game. It's really good. The there's the comics. The Power Rangers comics have been fantastic. Apparently, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm there's a I might, whole series. Though, I might pick up the whole. You run. have to go from Mighty Morphin. And they all. Well, it's all, well, basically, Mighty Morphin, it started in 2017. Yeah. And I think I can catch up. Like, comics, it takes no time to... I read all of Akira in the space of a couple of weeks. You can get collected issues of them and stuff yeah. like that. So I might I might go on Comixology and see how much the digital ones are and just They've buy got, the whole series. Yeah, it's gone crazy. Like, all the Rangers had their power swapped around for a yeah, while. So there like, was, they did the, the Battle for Grid, which is the whole yeah, every shattered grid. against each other and, like, all this other shit going but on. But the shattered grid thing, like... It has Lord Draken and stuff like that. It's yeah. been a fan creation for years, and they made him a thing in the comics. But I'm, I'm um, going to give that a go, I think. But it's really a soldier series. Like they keep playing around with how monsters are dealt with. Like the monsters don't grow because they beat them. You know, normally they defeat the monster. Yeah, yeah. And then like Lord Zed yeah. or whoever gets desperate, yeah. you're like, make him grow. In this one, it's like the longer the monsters out there for the sadder the person or the more it's affecting the person the monster's made from. Yeah. And the worse they get. So like, if someone's insecure about themselves. The bad it guys feeds the monster. Yeah, so the yeah. bad guys go up to the person and goes, "Ah, you suck! You're a piece of shit." Yeah, and then it feeds the monster and makes the monster giant. God, that's a very Japanese thing, isn't yeah. it? It's a bit more like Carmen Rider though, because Carmen Rider tends to have this whole thing where it's like the monster's tied to a specific person yeah. or something. Or like it, it it's really weird because Carmen Rider always had that weird um, Gantz thing going on where you had aliens living in the world. It depends on the series. Yeah, but um, yeah, because Amazon has it has it really heavily, but other ones, other series have that as well don't they yeah, Kabuto had like aliens that copy people but um this one's like just they keep messing around with how they deal with monsters and some of the monsters are like one of them's a treasure chest and it opens up and sucks them inside it and it's just a treasure chest yeah so they're stuck I'm inside sure this world I've done something like that before but it's they get trapped inside stuff all the time yeah oh it's a but the, the actual the monster itself yeah the actual monster itself is the treasure chest it's like a mimic from Dragon yeah. Quest um, there's one where, it's a gi- where the monster's a giant CGI sand- chandelier that's floating through the sky and playing music and everyone can't help but dance to it. So it's basically <laughs> making people dance to well. death. But it's like, it's not like a monster that's doing it. It's not like the regular it's monster they can hit with a sword. It's like a giant thing that's floating through the air. 
Um, the Mecca's awesome. Um, one of them shouts out Mark Dacascos' name in one episode. Really? Yeah. He's told earlier he's got anxiety. He's scared to face the villain because the main villain locked him away before. And he's like a little tiny bird thing that turns into a giant Mecca. And he's scared. And he's told by Uwe's dad to just shout something out random. And he's like gamba fried rice and all this. Yeah. And when he transforms and goes to fight into the battle, he just shouts out whatever he can think of. He goes, Mark Dacascos, Mark Dacascos. The episode you saw was, John Wick free recently, yeah, didn't but you? The episode's directed by Koichi Sakamoto. Okay. Who is one of the guys who used to direct Power Rangers in the early days, who was stunt coordination. He's worked with Mark DeCascos a load on all sorts of stuff. But uh, Mark DeCascos was originally going to be the Red Ranger in the pilot for Power Rangers. I remember. It was. Yeah, when it was going to be Bioman. And it's like such a deep cut reference. They chuck in Super Sentai, and every kid at home is going to be like, who the fuck's Mark DeCascos? I still watch that YouTube video where it's just a collection of him saying the special ingredient in Master Chef. Iron Chef. (laughs) Iron Chef, sorry, yeah. Golden Pears! Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Loses his fucking mind. But I love that Koichi Sakamoto's directing stuff, and because he moved from Power Rangers to Super Sentai when I think when Disney took over, he went back to Japan. He's bringing a lot of that energy itself. Because he used to choreograph fights, he used to be a stunt coordinator and all that. Yeah. They but, make um, great directors nowadays. Well, you want to make an action-focused show. You need to get the right get the right actors in because I yeah. think that like the thing about John Wick being directed by the stunt guys, Chad Stalski. Yeah, the yeah. stunt guy. He didn't direct before that, did he? It was his no, first directing gig. Keanu Reeves stuntman. Yeah, Keanu Reeves basically like sort of he a lot of what he put into that was not in the script. Yeah. Like a lot of his reactions. John Wick three. Mark Dacascos is amazing. In he's John so Wick good, isn't he? He's such a fanboy for John yeah, Wick, and he's just sitting too close to him. It's not just that. It's the fact that he's like the only person in the entirety of the John Wick universe who seems positive. Yeah. No one else seems positive anyway. I love, I love the. Um, not to talk about John Wick too much, but I fucking love the mirror. Let's talk about Mark Dacascos. Have you seen Drive? Yes. That film's fucking amazing. It's the probably the best American Tokusatsu film Omega, ever made. Which is his... He's, oh, the Iron Man clone, yeah. A, no, he's the in... The Iron Legend clone, rather. Yeah, he's yeah. in an Asylum film. Yeah. It's the only good Asylum film. Yeah. He was in a Crime Freeman adaptation. He was, in the 90s, great, which is great. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I always thought that was Brandon Lee, because the front cover just has his eyes and his forehead, and it mm. looks just like Brandon Lee's eyes and forehead. But yeah, no, he... In John Wick, his fight with... With um, yeah, John Wick at the end, yeah, that's is incredible. Yeah, um, but I think that the fight before that, don't worry, John, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> I'll be fine. No, you won't. The fight <laughs> before that with the two guys from oh, from the raid, from the right? raid, yeah. is so much better. But it's just better because you can see those two; they don't mind being thrown around. Yeah. And at the same time, Keanu Reeves is doing most of his own stunts. I love when they're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> it's there's a scene in which he picks one of them up and throws him into the other one and someone hits the glass against their shoulder and their head mm. and I don't think they were meant to. I think they were meant to roll. Oh, they didn't care. But then he... There's a bit where John Wick gets taken down and John Wick lands on his hip and his shoulder mm. and I I just... I feel for people that land on, on the sides and stuff awkwardly. After doing after doing MMA, like years and years ago, doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu when I worked at Hydroelectric and stuff, like... Being tossed and like being thrown down or having someone push their weight against you, if you land even slightly wrong, you injure yourself more than they could. Mm. And seeing that hip and that shoulder hit the ground. It's like in um in the second one, I think he lands on concrete, but he sort of lands and he lands completely flat on his back. Mm. And you can see him go, Oh That's how you meant to and land. he gets back up. Back no, straight, arms outside, <laughs> plant your legs, boom, tuck your chin in as you land. I know all about how to land. When JR says they don't teach you how to fall off a 20-foot ladder, no, they specifically teach that at the WWE Performance Centre. 
it's just it's just landing on concrete. In, I'm guessing it's a padded suit, so it's not quite as bad. But it's just the fact that he it's lands... It's probably not actually concrete. No, it's almost they definitely probably... not concrete. It's probably like an inch of padding that's painted to look like concrete. Mm. But it's the fact that he lands down and you can hear him go, oh, he's winded. Mm. He's an ADR. Spend the whole Maybe, day in ADR yeah. just going... Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. And then the director's like... Okay, can you just haven't watched... Making, um, his, making his rule 34 You still haven't watched Always Be My Maybe, have you? No. His cameo in Always Be because he's he plays like an insane person. He plays himself, uh, doesn't he? No, well, yeah, he's playing Keanu Reeves, but he plays like an insane version of Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. So and, Keanu Reeves, yeah, and they're basically sitting in a restaurant where they listen to the sounds of the bleating lambs as they eat a lamb chop, and he's just crying. What's <laughs> he? <laughs> oh, so good, so heartbreaking. Mm, dude. <laughs> it's just, it's right. amazing. You've got to review your last thing because it's almost two hours now and I'm getting annoyed. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to edit all this. Jesus Christ. Can I pee before we When will I have... No. When will I have time to... Can you to pause forget? it and I'll pee? Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. God's sake. Matt can't... Matt's got a small bladder. It's happened. Let's pee again. It's been an hour and a half. Hello. I'm back. I peed. I'm back. I'm ready to review. All right. So it's my last review. I'm going to review something that has been quite an endeavour recently. So, and as you know, I've built a PC. I built a PC. It's going to break. <laughs> Maybe. I built a PC with a very specific intention. Do you know what that intention was? Um, to play Farmville. <laughs> to play the ultimate game of Farmville. No, I built a PC because I wanted to play Half-Life Alex. Yeah. I already had the VR headset because I bought an Oculus Quest a few weeks, well, a few months ago now, when I had some vouchers from work. So I bought an Oculus Quest. And now, it, since Half-Life Alex was sort of stated as going to work with everything, so any any VR headset should be compatible, so it was the AR stuff, mm. and yeah. And so I basically went, all right, how cheap can I make a PC ready to run Half-Life Alex? And I set myself the goal of basically finding parts that were used, pre-owned, eBay mostly, and just working within the confines of keeping it down to a budget. And Covered I, in dust. Yeah. And I had, to, I had to also work to... I was never going to get to, like, the recommended specs even. What if one of those parts came from an evil computer? Maybe. I was never going to get to the recommended specs. I was never going to get to the, the, like, the super high stuff. I was always going to be aiming for the minimum specs. So that's what I literally did. Uh, for the the i i five seven five hundred, I think they recommended the seven four hundred. What's got to do with Half Life Alex? I'm getting there. So the seven four hundred was the recommended. I went for the seven five hundred. It's a little bit higher clock speed on a quad core. It's not got virtual cores. It's just quad core. So it's pure processing in that. Um, I went for an eight gigabyte RX five eighty eight G eight GB DDR five two hundred fifty six bit graphics card, and I went for. 16 instead of the recommended 12 because it's fucking impossible to get 12 gigs of RAM. I know. You go 4, 8, and 16, yeah. yeah. You won't get in 6. Well, like. I, I, well, you could probably get 3, 4 gig chips. You want to, you want, if you're going to have RAM sticks, you need two the same size if you're going to have two separate well, RAM yeah, sticks yeah, at the same yeah. speed. Yeah. That's why so, you end up with 16. I've got 16. I can go to, I could have gone to 32, but it's not necessary. Mm. And also the motherboard is the only thing I think that's holding back my PC from running a little bit quicker because it doesn't have it doesn't have the ability to overclock the RAM. So RAM all runs at 2444 megahertz. You don't want to overclock it anyway. Pardon? Don't want to overclock it anyway. RAM always runs at two, uh, 2400 megahertz. DDR4 yeah. RAM always runs at 2400 megahertz. The different speeds are the adaptability of the motherboard to work within Intel's RAM processing. So it can go higher. So you can get a maximum of 3400 megahertz processing speed from RAM. 
But to do that, you need a motherboard that supports delivering power so that it can run at that speed. I've got a basic motherboard, so it's 2400 megahertz. The RAM is capable of doing 3000, but to do that, I would have to get a different motherboard, and I'm not willing to do that. It's all about budget. So in total, for £285, that includes all of the parts I purchased and everything to get it running, I was able to play Half-Life Alex. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm in the situation where I have a lot of hard drives and shit sitting around my house because obviously I refurb a lot of computers and I sell them to people and like you end up with a ton of fucking parts. So I've got about six or seven just solid state 2.5 gigabyte hard, uh, 2.5 inch hard drives sitting around the place. So I've got a hybrid drive in there and I've got two SSDs. One SSD is 128 gig. That's the um, that's the operating system and Half-Life Alex. The other one is a 500 gig SSD and that's just for superfluous games and shit that I want to play. And then there's a hybrid drive, which is 8 gigabytes. Why so don't about your PC? And then it's a HDD, so one terabyte total space. Oh, raw PC! So, that's yeah, what I built. Yeah, does your PC glow? Yeah. Like mine does? Yeah. Does yours have light-up keys on your keyboard? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, no, not like yes, mine. Well, no, mine changed colour. Mine changed colour? Yeah, mine changes. Mine changes colour to match how hot the PC's getting. Oh, mine does that thing where it can simulate fire as well. Oh. It's pretty great. And also my mouse does it, because I have a Razer, Razer mouse. Ooh, gross. And heads up. Um, anyway, so all that shit's all together, all, all ready to go. Um, and I powered it up, and I bought Half-Life Alex. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Half-Life? You've played Half-Life, right? Yeah. You've played Half-Life 1? Play them all. Have you? Yeah, I've got them. Did you enjoy them? Yeah, Half-Life games are great. Good. <laughs> Good. Great. I'm glad you like Half-Life. God. The way you looked at me when I said that I played Half-Life, it looked like I'd shat in your face. Yeah, you're playing a VR game, though. Look, right. Stop it. VR's for perverts. Look, stop it. Perverts and shines. So, well, we're all shines now, aren't we? We're all orphans now. <laughs> so, when it comes to Half-Life, so, um, so, you've played episode one and two as well then. So, you played all the games. Yeah, I played episode three as well, but don't tell anyone. So, between episode one and two, there's a period of time where Alex is sort of on her own little mission. Because there's a time jump. Yeah? What? In between one and two. Or is it between Half-Life two and episode one? I can't remember where there's meant to be a space of time for this to happen. I'm just thinking, Alex doesn't go missing before meeting Gordon, so it must have happened between Half-Life 1 and 2. Right? No. Because her dad's still alive, and he isn't in Episode 2. No, he's still around in Episode 2. He dies in Episode 2, doesn't he? I don't think so. No, actually, no, he's at the end, isn't he? Because he sees the explosion. Because she gets dragged off at the end with the weird brain bug thing. That's where the second part ends. Yeah. So I'm wondering where this takes place. Oh, well, it's before she meets Gordon, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So it must be before Half-Life 2. So it's yeah. between Episode 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Half-Life 1 and 2, sorry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you play Alex, 19 years old. You're part of the Resistance, who are fighting back against the Combine, who are the uh, the attacking force who have taken over after the Black Mesa incident, which is where Gordon used a small piece of rock from the... God, what was the name of the place? Zio. I can't Zio remember. Crystal, it's been years it is. Yeah, Power Rangers Zio. <laughs> Basically, he put the crystal into the into the into the thing, and it caused an explosion. It caused a load of pools to open up, and all these creatures to come out of this weird dimension. But it also made it so there was a link. So the combine of this this um, invading force that have come through that, and they've started taking over the earth. And it's basically all this other nature, like the um, lion ants and stuff like that, have all started seeping through and head crabs mm. and things like that. And so the world has changed drastically. It's essentially being controlled by that force, and then there's also um, like opposing force, which is the add-on, which is the security team. 
was opposing for? No, no, there was the army. Blue Shift was the security team. Hmm. And Blue Shift, that guy comes back in the second one. All really interesting. There's loads of fucking shit to Half-Life. There's so many games at this point. I think there's Half-Life, there's Half-Life 2, there's Episode 1 and 2, and then there's also loads of tie-in stuff in the pool games and all the other shit that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alex is kind of free from that stuff because you're playing as Alex and it's sort of an intro to the character. So we met her in Half-Life 2, but we don't really find out much about her. She sort of plays like a secondary character to Gordon, the hero of the first game. Um, So, this is all VR. Mm. So the first thing, getting into it, how does it feel being in that world? How does it feel moving around? It's all incredibly natural. If you've played a VR game before, the movement can be done using traditional thumbsticks to move around like you would in a normal game. Or you can do the the shifting, the like teleporting, which is why I choose to do because it tends to give you less issues when you're sort of moving around. Yeah, because you know, I've seen people weird. complaining about them using that and saying, oh, I should be able to walk around like normal. They obviously haven't checked the controls for it because you can. Yeah, you can't um, walk, can walk around like normal. So Most games in VR, you don't let you walk around like that because it makes people motion sick. Exactly. Because you're experiencing yeah. movement, but your body's not. Yeah, so the ones that do allow you to do that, they often ask you to sit. Mm. So they'll say, oh, okay, if you sit, then then it's easier. Yeah. Um, but then those games don't include ducking normally. Yeah. Um, which is which is one of those things that I kind of like in VR. I, I talked about VR Brigade last week briefly, but didn't review it. And one of the great things about that is it's time crisis, but you're dumped into an environment. It's happening all around you. And there are objects you can duck behind. And then you tend to just do a squat. And then you're like firing your pistol over the car. Yeah, you can hear you screaming every time you have to stand back I up. I say fuck a lot. your knees. I say fuck a lot. Yeah, he's um, like, ah, my knees. My knees are fine. My knees are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that. It says that, and I go running every night. Uh, except for tonight. I'm not going to let myself forget that. Um, but anyway, so um, Half-Life Alex. So yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, do you want me to pause it while you go for no, a run? No, 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 it's fine. Um, well, we got half an hour. <laughs> no, you've got <laughs> half an hour. You've got five minutes. So Half-Life Alex. So... Um, it's really, really good. It's really, it really fun. It used to be an hour long. It looks spectacular. It's one of those games that you can see that VR technology really is moving along. It is it is a full game in this environment. One of the weird things that I, I don't remember Half-Life being is small. Like, Half-Life was never a small game. Like, you would have the, the massive laboratories, and you'd have a lot of corridor moments, but you'd always open up into expanses, and you would see stuff, and you'd... Like, even in Half-Life 1, you would Black Mesa, you'd teleport to that weird zero dimension you'd see these big caves and stuff um in this it's a lot of like you're moving through apartment blocks and you're moving up and down stairs and in places but that kind of works that's i think that's what happens when the perspective doesn't change but the way the game's played changes mm-hmm. so there's um there are three or four segments that go that take place where you're going up Maybe and down Alex like, is really wide <laughs> there are three or four segments where you're going up and down like apartment buildings that've been infected mm-hmm. like so you're mostly staying around in the quarantine zone. If you played Half-Life 2, you know the quarantine zone is where the head crabs have sort of taken over a lot of residents cause zombies to happen. Yeah. So you're traveling a lot through those areas and you go through these apartment blocks and there's one segment that's been my favorite so far where you're in an apartment block where the middle part has collapsed where there was a firefight with the combined forces where they tried to fight back against the head crabs and the head crabs have just basically made it into a nest because they've created like the perfect environment for them. There's these two or three barnacles that are above that the neck, the, the tongues dangle down. And basically every so often a head crab will catch one of those and it'll fly up to the ceiling and get eaten. Mm. But for the most part, they, they crawl out of these vents and they crawl up the elevator shaft and they're, like, they're going all around the place. And when they've knocked through for this cable, you can see them like skittering over the cable and stuff. And in that environment, it's where I felt like Half-Life Alex probably began. Mm. It's so much like a weird aliens game almost. 
like they fought about everything. So there are you've got these planks of wood that go over, so the scrapped parts of the ground you can sort of like tra- traverse around. You get down to the bomb floor, and the bomb floor you have to go into this room, and you can. This is the first VR game to do this properly. You're basically your hands are always physical objects within the environment. So if you're opening a door in a VR game, you have to grab the handle and push it open. And if you want to close it again, it'll only close if you grab the handle because it'll only interact when you're gripping something. Mm. With Half-Life Alex, you can literally just like tear a door open, quickly teleport in, use your hand to just like slap it closed without gripping anything, and it'll recognize your hand in the environment and close the door. And that's really fucking cool because there are moments where like you're having a firefight and the aliens are shooting, like the combat is shooting through one window. You turn around, there's another window behind you. So you quickly turn around, smash the window through with your gun, and then point your gun out the window and like fire whilst looking around the plank of wood. And it's mm-hmm. that sort of thing that just is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like it's the first game where every environment feels like there is a there's a you go into an apartment where all the cupboards are open, there's like loads of cans and shit where they've obviously been hoarding. I literally went in there and I was like, I can see some loo rolls while you're there. Yeah. I was I went in there, the cupboards both tore the cupboards open, looked in, I could see something glowing behind some cans. I just fucking swept the cans out, grabbed the bullets, chucked them in the gun, fired at the thing coming through the door, then teleported through the door. There's a bomb that you have to hack, and as you're hacking it, you can hear people running up the stairs in like 3D audio. And you can just go do 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 and as they're coming up the stairs, I I was like holding the, the tool with one hand, and then the other hand I pulled up a grenade from like your your inventory, pressed A, just lobbed it down the stairs while still fiddling with this. Turned mm. back around to finish off the puzzle and I was like, oh fucking right. <laughs> and it's like that weird like no other game I've played in VR is except for like say Super Hot mm. and Pistol Whip, like games where it's almost like an arcade experience, like like VR Brigade. You're like three or four minutes, you're in that world, and you're like in Pistol Whip. It's essentially a dance game, but instead of dancing, you're moving left and right to avoid obstacles that come forward, and you're shooting people in time with the music. And depending on the level of armor that they're wearing, you have to shoot them multiple times. But if you do it to the beat, you get a combo. And when you're in that, you're like, probably like, oh, fuck, oh, God, oh, fuck. Like, if you're playing a VR game, though, that's, like, story-driven, unless you're, like, some intangible deity, you don't really feel like part of that universe. But in Half-Life Alex, it's the first time you feel like, I've been put into this universe, here I am, I'm fucking slamming doors open, throwing stuff close. There was, there's a moment where a head crab jumped at me and I was holding a bucket, trying to get like credits out of the bucket to put them in my bag. As the head crab jumped at me, I just held the fucking bucket up and it was mm. trapped in the bucket. I threw the bucket down the nice. stairs and then legged it into a room, slammed the door closed. He just said, <laughs> so like, fuck off, leave me alone. Like it is always, it's always like you're on the edge of your seat. There's many seesaw puzzles. Yeah, there are. Good, there proper are. Half-Life game. There is, there's a playground at the beginning where you can move stuff around. I spent about... I'm like, <laughs> fucking embarrassing about... I spent about five minutes just spinning the fucking <laughs> little carousel and pushing the swings about. Yeah. Like, there was a moment right at the beginning where you're sort of being taught about stuff and I spent way too long throwing bottles at pigeons that I could see and they all interacted, like, as soon as you throw Did a you bottle... Did call them No. Oh. But, like, it's it's just... you. It's like a playground. But then once it's not like a playground, once you're having firefights and stuff... You love being in the playground. <laughs> I'm not allowed to anymore. Um, once you have like, once you're in those firefights and once you're adapting to that situation, you know the tools you have, you sort of like, it, it feels like a video game. But it, it's, I think smartly. What this video game feels like yeah. a video game. Yeah. Wow. I think smartly they've, they've not got as many open areas where having firefights. They've got more corridors because the head crabs and all the horror elements of Half-Life, that's been a big part of it for a long time. And I think. Well, you one, can't move around much. You have to keep it all tight and close yeah. and keep things in front of you. 
Well, not in front of you. There are so many scenes where, like, scenes. There are so many moments where you go into an area and you'll have you'll have a noise coming from that side and then you have another noise coming from that side and it's up to you to sort of judge how you manage that. Like, there's... When you get the shotgun, you're put into an area that has a guy hung up by his leg and there is a, like a... Uh, like a makeshift winch mm. and you basically... There's a pipe jammed into it. So you have to take the pipe out, hold that with one hand and with the other hand, work the winch. And then once you get to a point where you can see the shotgun hanging over the thing to a point where you think you can get it, you then jam the pipe back in the thing and then you go over, get the shotgun. And as you get the shotgun, you get um, zombies from either side of you. So the head crab zombies from either side of you and then one from behind you or one from in front of you, depending on which way you're facing. Oh, over and your shoulder. You can. Yeah. Like, you can do that. The shotgun is fucking incredible. Like, in no other game have I had, like, an experience where, like, loading something feels like you've got, like, this thing. Hmm. Um, like the pistol is good because you like you press a button to release a clip you grab a clip from behind you slam it in and then you cock it unless you've still got a bullet in the chamber because you can release a clip with a bullet in the chamber and then pick one up from the floor slam it in you don't have to cock it you can just go straight to shooting hmm. and it's like nice little things like that but the shotgun you have to cock it so it flops forward like a hunting rifle you load the shells in you slam it back so you actually have to get like <laughs> to slam it back and then you cock it and you spin it around honestly. <laughs> <Yeah. Arnie style. laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do that. Um, it's just great. It's fucking phenomenal. Like, it's so weird to... I'm never... I've built PCs before, but I always build, like, middling to low-end PCs to do, like, a specific thing. Like, a little while ago, I did the emulation machine because I just wanted to fucking... I, I thought I just wanted something to play old games on. I didn't want to play anything new. Yeah. And Half-Life Alex is announced, and immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, how can I do this for the cheapest possible amount? I've achieved that, and I'm so fucking happy with the result just being able to play this so game. you just had a powerful PC, you could just play old games anyway. I don't anyway. want to spend a grand. I don't. I never want to spend stupid amounts of money on stuff. It's just like with my Xbox. I got my Xbox... Just get a credit card. <laughs> I got my Xbox get One loan. X. I managed to get the Xbox One X for like 100 quid, because I traded in my Xbox One S, which I got from trading in my original Xbox. Like, I never... I spent £150 on the original Xbox. I sold that for £150. I got the Xbox One S for £150 because I wanted a 4K Blu-ray player. Hmm. Sold that for £150 and then spent £100 more and got the Xbox One X. Like, I never pay over the odds if I can help just it. Just be like me and you fucking just go and buy an Xbox PS4 One Pro, X. PS4 Pro, I got when that. You- I got the original PS4 for £150. Had that for years. Sold it for £150, quid, a little bit down the line. I threw in some games and I'd obviously changed the hard drive. And then managed to spend an extra 50 quid, got an Xbox PS4, uh, PS4 Pro for £200, so an extra £50. Probably an extra, like, considering the parts and stuff like that. Yeah, like, but probably it's full of ads. No, 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 like, all good. Like, it's the same with the Switch. I bought a pre- Might belong uh, to a pervert I bought before. a used Switch, and I, like, I just, I sold that for more than I paid for it. Like, I don't like to pay over the odds, and I think that if you can just, there are smart ways well, to do things. Well, the odds are the retail price. <laughs> there are smart ways to do things, and if you want to, like, if you, I think that, I think it's more rewarding when it comes to something like this that I've built it. Because if I just had a PC that could just run this, firstly, I'd have a fucking expensive PC. And to be honest, I think every console I've owned, I've spent under a grand to have every console that's currently available, like in the market, of this gen. I think that that's pretty damn good. There are other things that I bought to go alongside them, like the PSVR. I think I got that for £150 in the end. Um, you never use it I do I do still use the PSVR like the thing is the PSVR is a completely different beast I think that the thing about the PSVR is that it has a ridiculous refresh rate it's higher than it, I think it's the same as the Vive and it's 120 hertz I think yeah and it's yeah. like although it's a lower res so sometimes there is some like weird effects your eyes don't focus properly if something's like really mm. low res but your eyes are really close to it 
So there are certain games that you can't play for long periods of time. But some stuff looks fucking spectacular in there. Mm. The Oculus Quest is completely different because there are no wires and also it's a high-res screen. I think the Oculus... So it's really weird. The PSVR has the lowest resolution but the highest refresh rate. The Oculus Quest has 72 hertz refresh rate, which isn't high, but has a super high-res screen, higher than the Rift S. Mm. So when you're playing the stuff that's built to just work on the Oculus Quest, it's fucking sharp and, and vibrant and colourful and it works well. There are games that are just social games where you go into a place and people are just playing games. You can't talk to them. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You can't Ooh, talk perfect. to these people, but there's like people like there's a game where you just throw a ball around a group of people. And it's literally just like a load of people just throwing a ball and catching it and then throwing it again. And it's this really weird experience where people are just wandering around doing that. There's one where you're just in a hang glider and there's like just a view around you and there's rings that you can pass through and if you pass through the rings it starts this course where you can follow them but then other people are just flying around experiencing this weird 3D like flying sim it's just it's odd they shit they just throw like themselves out of a window <laughs> there was one there was one that I was playing that was yeah. um, that was narrated by Bill Nye I think is it Bill Nye or Ian McKellen it's Ian McKellen and it's a story of this girl goes missing and you can't accept that she's gone missing because everybody's saying like oh, she went missing hiking through this place and you take a cable car to get up there because it's been closed off so the police could search for her. And it turns out that you you were experimenting with other dimensions up there. So there's all these games. can't just be a girl has gone missing. Well, she has, but you know where she is. She's gone into this dimension where she just wants to live and she doesn't want to leave because she. I think she's an orphan and like her parents and her life isn't very good. So she's gone to this dimension. She's like queen there. She's just be hiding in the shed. But there's all these weird light puzzles. So you go in and you've you've got like you pick something up and you twist it so that it matches the light pattern on the on the wall. And then like you'll go to another puzzle where the light is looking through the one you just did and there's another object that you have to then spin and then it builds up so that you've got like these it like VR is at a point now where I think that as soon as headset headsets get a little bit cheaper and a little bit like more stuff like the quest where you don't need a PC would be great. Because then if you want to use a PC with it, then fine use a PC with it. If you don't you can put it on. You can play one round of that pistol whip game where you just shoot and you're like dun 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 dun, dun. and like it's so addictive. And then you can go here, give it a go, and someone else has a go, and then immediately there's an element of and you can stream it to a Chromecast. It's a stopgap until I get my holodex, and that's all I care about. <laughs> I don't think that will ever happen. That's the problem. Like we live in a world where apartments and flats and areas that people live are getting smaller. You're you less have a proper have room for a holodex. It's not going to be in your friggin' living room. You'll have a but specific room for a holodeck, and it doesn't matter how big it is, you can make it small, because <laughs> the holodecks manoeuvre things around you, and you're yeah, getting so transported for it. Half-Life Alex is a Tom Atkins. It's a Tom Atkins because it is, it is that. It's, I can't imagine a better way of doing this. I can't, like, until something comes along that advances this, I can't see it being better. I can't see there being a way of this being better. Like, I was, it's not just Half-Life Alex because I built the PC, I also bought Walking mm. Dead Saints and Sinners, which I was really looking forward to playing. I haven't put as much time in it as I want, and I can't review it yet because I don't really, I don't have a full opinion of it yet. But that game doesn't allow you to duck. Oh. In zombie games, you wouldn't. It, it sounds weird. You're saying R oh, in the side. You love ducking. You say R oh, in the side. You tried pressing B. Yes, and it, it. But I mean, like in the physical space, if you duck, your head doesn't move high, which is weird, right? Yeah. But maybe you got really bad knees in the game. Is your maybe. character a geriatric? Yeah, maybe. Um, and that's and that's just a really weird thing. And you can't move by teleporting. You have to move by physically. You know, you have to move the thumbstick, and that moves you physically around the location, which is fine for some bits. But when you've got like a game where you smash a bolt and lead zombies towards you, 
and then you've got to like stab a zombie in the head. You holding back on a thumbstick doesn't feel as interactive. Like I would feel better if. What I are you could... talking about now? It's Walking Dead sensitivities. God, so how and many that's... freaking VR games are you going to blather on I've about? I've got a lot of VR games. I don't care. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, Half Life Alex. Yeah, it's yeah, Tom that's what you're meant to be talking about. It's, Focus. It's a near perfect VR experience, and it's something it's that I think two hours now. It's something that I think that everyone could enjoy if they could have access to it. And I think that the way that I've done it is accessible for a lot of people. But I understand that not everyone's going to spend. I mean, the four the, the Oculus Quest is four hundred quid normally. Rip off. I only got it for the amount I did because I had loads of vouchers from work. And like the PC stuff, even a build using the parts I've got. If you bought like a retail pre-made thing, it's still like seven hundred. Like 285 is because I bought all the parts and just put them together. Put like 700 quid pre built with like all this shit done for me. And you don't know where those have been. <clears throat> Up my bum. Someone could have like been doing It's not as accessible as, I, as I'd like it to be, but I think that soon enough it's going to get to a point where it's more accessible. Someone's been wiping their bum with ram sticks. <laughs> no, those came from Amazon. Those are the mm. only things I had to buy. I bought from Amazon Warehouse though, so it's like there's been a funny stuff. smell coming from your room when they heat up. That's where I'm shitting the bed all the time. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Ant, your review. Right, well, it's been two hours now. So we're ending the podcast here, yeah? Yeah, Animal Crossing's good. Bye. <laughs> Talk about Animal Crossing, Ant. Animal Crossing New Horizons is out. Yeah. What was um, the last Animal Crossing game you played? It's exactly the... What, Amiibo played, Festival. Played yeah, Amiibo Festival pretty much. <laughs> I didn't get Happy Home Academy. I did. It wasn't good. No, it's not a game. <laughs> no, it's not. You just design shit. Um, Nintendo manufactured a massive virus to make sure everyone's stuck indoors to play Animal Crossing... <laughs> New Horizons, where you escape to a was? desert island. That's what um, it was. Which does seem to be a pretty good idea about now, to be honest. Um, if they could provide everyone with your own desert island, deserted island, um, that would solve the coronavirus problem, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, pretty much. But um, yeah, you go to an island. Tom Nook, I don't know if he's purchased these islands. He, he even refers to them <laughs> as deserted wastelands at one point. Um, he's just like dumped people on islands and he's running this big old scam again. He Good stays there with you though. So I'm guessing that he's like... It's a simulacron. Yeah, he's got, there's, he's got there's, friggin- there's a real one somewhere, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're basically building a little civilization. Very colonialist. You know, you're just going to this island. Luckily, there's no one living on there for you to enslave already. Um, that we know of. We don't know if Tom looks at the head of um, elimination squad beforehand to deal with the villagers. I've met someone who says they live first. on a neighbouring island. Yeah. Who thought it was abandoned before? Yeah, well, that's that happens. It's a musician. You so. go there and you build your tents and you and then you get houses and you build up the island and you get museums. It's Animal Crossing stuff. You collect fruit, fish, shells, sell them. You sell Tom Nook's gullible little kids, whatever the hell you pick up off the floor. He does say that they he give that's you a bad fr- business idea. Yeah, if they friggin they give you loads of money for whatever shit you can find lying around, it's great. Yeah, um, it's. It's a big old challenging game. There's, there's not much that I can really say it's an issue with it as such. Like it's probably the best Animal Crossing game since the original one, I think. Um, uh, so I couldn't get on with New Leaf, and I couldn't get on with Wild Worlds. And I didn't mind Wild World, Wild uh, Worlds. They weren't as good. They weren't as good, and especially better than that mobile phone game, which is awful. Yeah, the mobile phone game's bad. Although the mobile phone game, I don't think is, I don't think is as bad as everybody says it is. I don't mind it. It's got the wrong. It's got the wrong morals for Animal Crossing, apart from the colonialism in the new <laughs> one. Um, like the mobile phone game has stuff like, oh, I'll come visit your house if you get these certain items yeah, in there. Like, fuck off, mate. That's kind of the thing that they've watered down for this Yeah, one. but it wasn't in Animal Crossing. It's Was never it been a thing in Animal uh, Crossing. Okay. It's just the mobile phone game because it wants you to buy the items and it wants you to buy the crafting stuff and 
all this sort of stuff. Yeah. They do stuff where they're like, hey, why didn't I come around to your house at seven? And then you'd have like, you get online at seven and do it. And they turn up. There seems to be less of that in this one. There's like, they never have the option to do a task for them. It's very rare. Sometimes they'll have an option to give them an item. Yeah. But um, it seems rare that they'll actually send you off to do a task or anything, which is something that the original games always had. Um, this one seems to be a lot more about discovery and stuff. Like the island gradually opens up to you. Yeah. Like on your first day, you've only got a small area you can travel around. You eventually, yeah. like with the third day, I think it is, you'll get the pogo stick. Once you've got the museum set up, you get the or when Blavers moves in, so you can start giving him fossils and stuff. And that's when he gives you get the stuff. pole vault and you get uh, the shovel, and then gradually you get the other stuff and you start getting the ladder, so you can climb to the higher areas, and then mm. you'll be able to build bridges and like I can build bridges now whenever I want but you have to chuck money into it and they cost a bomb mm. um, really expensive like 98,000 which is like what your first loan is I think that's also the maximum you can hold in your wallet isn't it it's like you can hold 99,000 and it'll just pop more money onto the side yeah, yeah. Um, it still counts as all one everything pot. in one go yeah, yeah. Um, that's why you got savings accounts. Can you buy stuff, stuff in the savings account? So if you buy something that's over 99,000 but you've got like 60,000 on you mm. you can use the savings can't you no, you have to have the money on you to buy anything. Yeah. Savings account, you chuck everything into. You can still carry around all the extra money in your pockets. Yeah. It just takes up space. Each 99,000 takes up another space in your pocket. Hmm. Um, but no, it's more about sort of discovery and gradual development and stuff. Um, you know, you get to build slopes and gradually those higher tier areas where you just be able to walk up to them rather than using the ladder. And, yeah. you know, they want you to develop the area and put little, put things in to encourage people to move in. Hmm. Um, I'm currently working on building a giant mecha. Um, that's the thing that I've got to do, but I need gold and rusted parts and the rusted parts seem to be like gold. Um, they're really hard to get. So I'm working on that. I've got one gold nugget if you want it. I've got three. Oh, right. How many yeah. do you need? Ten. Oh. But I also need a rocket. Well, I don't oh. know where I'm getting that from. And, um, a specific t-shirt. There's a specific t-shirt you need to make. It's not them. the wrestling t-shirt, is no. it? No. Oh, damn it. I've got one of those. Um. But you can also buy a giant monster as well, so you can have the mecha and the giant what? monster. Yeah, this stuff, man. I know I'm, I'm making. I'm gonna make, my island. Island's called Kaiju Island. I'm gonna have a freaking mecha fight going on with a giant monster. All right, I respect yeah. that. I game might even recognize game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, it's just really good stuff. It's um. It's Animal Crossing, man. Yeah. You know. Fucking yeah, we're going to get KK Slider to come and do a concert. It seems to be a lot less based around like events happening during the day and stuff like that this one it seems um, to be a lot like here you are to your own devices go do stuff but the other ones always had like a diary telling you when upcoming events were turning up um and the notice board would get used quite often but so far like no one's posted anything on the notice board except for me and paul when he came around oh. like normally the, there'd be a notifications come up every day but they've kind of made it so tom nook or isabel will do a um announcement which is sort of replaced yeah, those things because it used to be like oh the museum's open today and that'll be on the notice board and then it'll say stuff like in a couple of days this is happening um, the Easter event starts on the 1st so I imagine tomorrow or Tuesday they should do an announcement on the notice board then to say the Easter event starting because um, from the 1st to the 12th I thought the notice boards were for like people asking for shit no it would be they would put event, well the notice boards usually would have the upcoming events coming up on it and things like that. Oh. Um, but it used to be things like, it doesn't seem to be in this game, but it used to be 7 o'clock every Saturday would be KK Slider doing a concert, and that's been in all of them. And he'd be, you know, it used to be that he'd be playing at the, um, in the first Animal Crossing, he'd play outside the train station, mm. and you give him requests, and he'll play a song for you. And if he requests a song and he plays the song, he gives you the music tape for it. But you just buy him in this one. 
It's a bit different. I wonder if he does actually play, like you have to unlock him. He first. does turn up, but you, you have to set up a campsite and he's going to do a concert. That's right. the idea. Okay. That's what I'm building towards now. Yeah, um, the Mecca. Yeah, I'm going to build the Mecca as well. Yeah. Are you going to call it Robert Zemecca? No. no <laughs> stupid. That's amazing. It's called a Red Hero Robot. But, um, yeah, I don't know if he becomes a regular after you've set up, after he's had his concert. Probably not. No, but it's it's a bit different. They've done something. He's got to go back to his own home planet now. It seems like they've ditched the idea of schedules and stuff a little bit. Because, like I said, there hasn't been anything where the animals have gone, oh, why don't we do this at this time and all this sort of stuff? Or, you know, we're going to be holding this event. Like, it used to be you'd have, like, oh, we're going to be holding a ceremony for something turn up at this time but in this one you just go to Tom Nook and say I want to hold a ceremony for the museum we just opened or something um, so yeah it's a bit different in that way it seems to be like the idea of schedules has gone away which makes sense for island life who knows what time zone you're in man could be anywhere but um, yeah it's good stuff I'm liking the Nook phone things alright the only gripes I've had with the game the Nook phone keeps bringing up a notification to do with your friends even if no one's online like, you keep getting a friend notification thing popping up as if something's happened. Um, it's unnecessary. Don't need that. Mm. Um, and the other thing is, um, whoever decided to put drop item as the first item on your menu when you open it, when you look at an object. Yeah. In, you know, because you know when you highlight the object to choose what you want to do with it. Mm. Drop item is the top one. Don't do that. That should be the bottom one. Let's just... Forget. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, it's you really think, irritating. And also, <laughs> one of the really irritating things, if you've eaten two apples and you've got a third one, Drop replace so drop drops down one and eat one hold no hold one goes up the top. I don't know. You go hold one, eat one, drop one. It should be you know basically drop eat and then hold. Is that it? Yeah. Um. But yeah, you eat the apples. I haven't got a toilet yet. I need to get a toilet. Why? Um. So you can poop up the apples. The apples. Yeah. When you eat the fruit. Yeah. Because the fruit make you destroy the rocks. Yeah. When you hit them with your shovel. Yeah, I know. You don't always want to destroy the shovel rocks. You want to keep them. So you can poop to stop it from. Yeah. So you get a toilet and you can poop so you don't have that extra power so you can go out and smack the shovel. But shovels. why not just dig a tree up and then replant it in the same place? It doesn't seem to ever drop down the vein when I dig a tree up. Well, you dig up the whole tree. Oh dear, I haven't yeah. done that. I've been chopping the trees down. Oh shit! So, you know when you go to other islands, you can nick entire trees. Yeah, well I'm not doing that. You eat apples, you nick... That's how I got bamboo. I got oh. so much bamboo now. No, the bamboo, you they drop... No, fuck it. No, you go to another island, they've got bamboo that's fully grown and you want bamboo... You eat some apples, dig the whole bamboo tree up, and then just replant it when you get home. That's so I've got coconuts, apples, pears. If I grew my trees. No, fuck no. I grew my trees too. Yeah. As in, I regrew them in the exact same stage. They're going to die. They're not going to die. They're going to die. They're not going to die. Not only that, some of them, if you dig them up, you also get a bamboo sapling. Mm. You know, the little... Yeah, but that's the thing. The bamboos drop yeah, shoots yeah, next got, to them. I got them. like seven of those as well. Yeah, they drop them next to them. That's what the little holes are next to them, so you dig them up. Yeah, yeah. So I've got... That's what you take back. Oh, no, I take back the tree. Don't ruin the environment. Oh, no, I don't take back the... Uh, All those island, islands you went to have died now. Nah, they're yeah, doing they're okay. dead. I'm never going to go back to them anyway. Who knows? Maybe well, that's the game what it tells you. Maybe a year from oh, now. Yeah, like I'll see the skulls make of all you the people back. that died. All the people, the locals, staff, death, all because didn't, of you. didn't make it because of you. Yeah, it's your fault. But um, yeah, it's, it's good Animal Crossing stuff. I yeah. like it. No, I couldn't get on with the other ones because I felt like like New Leaf was putting too much control in your hands. I thought it was like making you make decisions because you basically was the up, DS. That's the 3DS one where you become the mayor. And you're like the mayor of the town and you have to decide all these different things. I think I'm getting mixed up then. Wild World, was that 3DS as well? Or was that DS? No, Wild World's the Wii one. 
the DS one was um, Animal Crossing something I can't remember. But um, there's been one on the Wii, one on the three DS, one on three DS. There wasn't one on the Wii U. Well, there was. It was Amiibo Festival. Yeah, that's not. Look, stop forgetting the greatest, greatest Animal Crossing game. But um, yeah, like this one, you are still doing a lot of the control and building stuff and things like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that's the point of the game as such. It still feels like the point is just to chill out, and mess around. One of the one of the people that I listened to, City Folk, that yeah. was the DS. That, that was, was one of the yeah. other ones because you had the um, the city that was in the north yeah. that you could go to. That was when we did have to build shit for people. Yeah, that was a lot. Of that fucking stuff. Um, one of the one of the best ways to describe it is like it's the video equivalent of wellness and meditation. Because you sort of like you have your half an hour every day where you jump into the game, you do all your bits for the day, mm. and then you sort of done. You can yeah. carry on like earning money and stuff, but stealing in animals. Yeah. For the most part, you're done, really. Yeah. And you do that every day, and it's really calming and relaxing. It's like having like a little routine. Like, mm. you just go in. Yeah, that's why I used to play the GameCube one. I used to get up in the morning before work and... Just do, like, tw- half an hour, get your stuff done, and then go to work. Yeah, and then yeah. come back in the evening and do my evening I, stuff. When I when I finally actually can go back to work, when it's the lockdown's over, um, I imagine I'm going to see a lot of people commuting and playing this. Because mm. I saw, like, before... The most I'd see is there were like two people that used to play Skyrim. Fifty years like from that. now, there's going to be documents that go, "Hey, do you remember that summer where we all played Animal Crossing?" <laughs> like no one knows down. why. Historians will look back and go, "Why did everyone just stop going to work and playing Animal Crossing all <laughs> the time?" You know. Um, but I really like it. I I think probably the thing that that I appreciate the most about it is Animal Crossing is a game that doesn't update the visual style, but the the technology behind it improves. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks great. Like the freaking the water looks looks nice. It's That's got, what I mean. Like, it's it looks, got water it cool sticks. Um, <laughs> yeah, and also it's. I love that it's got the classic view as well because I've never been a big fan of the rolling of. world. But you can flip down the animal stick and it goes boom, and it goes to the classic view. Oh right! See, I yeah. always have it as the the world roller because I really like the effect. Loads of people okay. like that, but I've I've always preferred the original. Oh, I I kind of like it, but I mean, I, but I think... then I think it doesn't work so well on this one because you don't have the transitioning between areas thing because I always like the original was that each area it was a grid and yeah. each area was a point on the grid mm. so if you wanted to go to a certain place you just ran through the grid you knew your way around the grid and it sort yeah. of became this thing where you memorised the map a lot quicker but in this one it's like they kind of it's there's a lot more the generation's not the same the generation's a bit more random I still get like the weird feeling that everything's bigger than I think it is by going to the top mm. Yeah, having the like using you know, the ladder of, and stuff when you get to the yeah. top, you're like, oh, this is like a whole new fucking area. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's the first one where there's been three layers to the world. Yeah, there's always been a higher and a lower. There was bit. like there was like a weird mountain thing in one of them, but I can't remember which mm-hmm. one it was. Um, but yeah, like I really like it. I think it's the perfect game to play when you're stuck in our situation. And there is something so fucking charming about a game that that doesn't need to change. Yeah. It's not like it's not about it advancing like there's no in all honesty I think it's taken a step back when it comes to the quality of life improvements because it's like I think in I think in the I think some things they messed up is like you you can only have one island on the Switch yeah. and that seems to be a trend with a lot of Switch games where they make you lock they down lock to one save file to a profile to console, yeah. yeah which is a bit awkward I think you should be able to start your own village well, that's on different why profiles I think they don't let you transfer your files yeah, but the thing is um, anyone who's a second or other villager the mm. second person start the get, play the game. They're forced to stay on the same. They way. well, they can't put bridges down. They can't do projects or anything like that. They yeah. can't advance the because they're not the, they're not the uh, yeah. representative. So if you get the game, don't let your little kid have a go first because you'll be tied to his pacing of it. 
and you'll only be able to do stuff based on what you know that person's set up. But yeah, like it's a bit awkward. And you can't transfer game, it. The actual game itself, like like I said, half an hour a day is enough to just keep advancing it mm. a little bit. Yeah. But if you spend three hours, you get a load of shit done. Yeah. You're still going to be stuck waiting for certain things to happen. Like yeah, the museum takes two days to build. And but you can you can fucking that. go to other islands and get new trees. Yeah. Rob it of everything ecologically sound there and destroy mm. the environment. You know, do the stuff I do. Yeah. Um, but like there is there's so much little stuff here and like I said it's charming but I just I think was it the 3DS one you could use the stylus to tap stuff to pick it up or what one was it there was like a button that you press to like sort of drag everything in don't, I don't think so so when you had like apples and stuff you could pick up all three apples I think on the DS and 3DS ones the bottom screen was always your inventory and where yeah. you wrote letters and stuff like that yeah. there was one where you could just sort of like if you shook a tree and you picked up apples, mm. and you held the button down, they'd automatically go and pick the other two up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this one, you have to sort of go like, oh, there we go, there That's we go. That's how it always was. No? Yeah, sure it is. The main main differences I've had with that sort of stuff is um, when you pick up the bells from smashing open the rocket, it automatically goes into your account. Whereas in the, um, the original games, it was always went into your pockets, mm. and you had to manually put them into your, uh, I think, one at a time. Because if you wanted to plant one. Yeah, yeah, but the one you dig up from the ground from the golden spot every day, doesn't that goes into your pockets? No, oh. weird. But that's how you can plant it again, I guess. Yeah, because you plant money in the golden spots. And you grow money, and you grow tra- but they don't have gold leaves anymore. No, they're regular no. leaves. Yeah, regular leaves, which I was, was a bit wide. It wasn't working on this one. Um, they put damage in for weapons, for item tools and stuff. Which yeah, so they die. It's a bit frustrating, but um, eventually you get ones that are a little bit. I yeah, stern, the, the yeah. iron ones are fine, but I think eventually there's. I, I imagine. I'd be surprised if it hasn't got unbreakable golden shovels and that's stuff like I'm that. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I feel like that's where it's going to go. Yeah. Because in the original one, it was um, when you finished the museum, you got the golden shovel. And if you finished the, all the fishing, you got the golden rod and stuff like that. So, yeah. I can imagine that'll be a thing in this. Anyway, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's a game that's out now and you can buy it if you want. It's pretty fucking great. Um, you can play that or, you know, maybe one day we'll get a port of My Sims onto the Switch. Which actually wasn't too bad. Yeah, My Sims was good. It just ran out of things to do. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And My Sims Kingdom. That was the second one. I played My Sims at EA before it came out. I was like... Yeah, you were a QA, weren't you? Yeah, well, I didn't QA on it. I just... We just had it in early. Oh, so you just played it? Yeah, you had a Wii demo pod in. We just went over and played it for a while. (laughs) Um, please play that and, um, what was the one where you, um, you destroy the blocks? Oh, Boom Blocks. Yeah. Yeah, I used to play that. Boom Blocks are good. Yeah, game. Boom Blocks was good. That should be brought back, I think. Steven Spielberg's produced Boom Blocks. Yeah, he, it was his big idea for years. He was, he was just like, he couldn't get his head. He couldn't find, think of a way to turn into a film. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know why he produced that. Maybe his kids. He wanted to be involved in games. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess the Jurassic Park games were really fucking popular back in the day, weren't they? Well, no, he did um, The Dig years ago. The Dig was one of his. What was the dig? It was um, made by the guys at LucasArts. Um, point and click adventure game. Really good. Oh. Like around the time of Loom and Monkey oh, okay. Island 2 and all that, when they're at their peak. Oh, with the Indiana Jones yeah. stuff as I well. think you can get the dig on good old games, pretty sure. I might have a look for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That was, yeah. Bye. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you can children. find Anne on, uh, on Mellow Gaming on YouTube. Yeah, stop wasting How time. How many people have you got on YouTube now on Mellow Gaming? 880 something. How many Sentai reacting Senpai? 79. Wow. Okay. And you can also find Anne on uh, on Twitter as LV54SpaceMonkey. You can find me as at Critapocalypse on YouTube and Twitter. Yeah. That's it. Are you quite done? Yeah.
You just got to waste more time. We're going to play some Commodore 64 games at some point this week. No, I'm going to sit in. I'm going to watch. I'm going to make you fucking do it. I'm going to watch more TV. I love every second. I need to catch up on stuff. As I force Commodore 64 games down your throat. I played a Commodore 64 game recently. Which game do you play? uh, Pub games. Do you know I watched the video on YouTube? I think I did actually. God sake. Can we can we please play Defenders of the Earth soon? No. Yes. Get fucked. Right. Bye. Say goodbye to the children. Bye everyone. Bye. Love you. Trump fucks kids. You love fucking kids. (laughs) Stop defending Trump.